Hey, this is Mike Herrera. You're listening to Magnified Pod. This is a yelling podcast. From poking at you to plans and everything in between, this is Magnified Pod, the only podcast that discusses culture, religion, politics, and the entire discography of everyone's favorite left coast punks. MXPX. Yeah. And we're back. We are. I'm Andrew. I'm John. This is our podcast. Correct. John, how are you? How are you feeling? I'm good, man. We uh, had to postpone some recording because Chicago got hit with some serious snow. So that is true. Shoveling today. Mm-hmm. Went uh, sledding. Oh, know. yeah? Kids kind of took each other out on the sled. Did you did you get in get down with uh, one of those saucers? I didn't. You hurl, know, I would, hurl just, your body down a hill. That sounds wonderful. We just have this like little thing that I could not possibly fit on. But I was thinking like I should just go get one of those saucers so I can just fly down. Dude, myself. those. But, so as a kid, I had so much more like. I was so much gutsier as a kid. Yeah. It's like, oh, you mean I'm at the top of a hill of ice (laughs) and I put my body unprotected (laughs) on this like rocket saucer and I throw myself down this hill with no way to stop myself. Perfect. (laughs) Let's let's do this. Punk as hell. (laughs) I know. And I remember like hurting my ass once because I hit a bump and then you just like, there's nothing, there's like the smallest bit of plastic between your tailbone <laughs> yeah. and like solid ice. Right. And you're just like, you just, and yeah. just like, oh man, Not that kidding. hurts like hell. Uh, but how are you I, doing? <laughs> uh, well, you know, uh, after last week, you know, you were still coughing and I was like, <laughs> Starting to feel something Friday afternoon, mm. and I powered through the pod. And mm. then come Saturday morning, I was just like, "Oh boy, it's go time!" Yeah, and I've been sick mm. this whole week. I don't know if you can tell. You sound fine. I do sound fine. Yeah. Okay. Because I was wondering if I had to do this like a couple days ago, you know, my voice would not have been in. It would not have been in a good mm. potting shape. Yeah. So, but I'm feeling a lot better. Still have some of those residual coughs. Yeah, and I know what that's like. Those uh, those nose blows. But <laughs> we're, I think we are both finally on the mend. We're, yeah, we're, we're getting better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but <clears throat> but John, yes, sickness aside, uh-huh. there's something that happened this week. Big week that was amazing. Finally, um. MXPX, uh-huh. Five Iron Frenzy. That's right. Chicago, Illinois, mm-hmm. March 29th and 30th. Boom. Bottom Lounge. It's I happening. Could not be more psyched. No, I. For the lineup, the dude, venue. Dude. Two nights in a row. Dude. <laughs> this was what we've been talking about for so long. Yeah. And the. We might actually be able to hear, heard that sound. Yeah. With some five iron horns. Now, what's funny, like uh, what April was saying about how 
pretty much every time she goes. Yeah, she. Five Iron is playing with them, <laughs> and she's heard it before. And when I, I was just telling you before we started recording that when I texted my friend about the show, I was like, you got to fly out for this. And he's like, we just saw this lineup like five years ago. <laughs> I was like, that was before the pod. Yep. And like probably at that show, they did heard that sound, but it like didn't register for yeah. me. So like this time it's going to feel very different. And yep. I'm so psyched. But not only that, um, you're, you're talking about our, our boy Tyler Day. That's right. Who we interviewed uh, for the before, before everything and after episode, yep. um, Tyler, that the new album yeah, wasn't out then. Come on, so we have eleven new bangers mm-hmm. and the horns EP and the horns EP. So I assume means there'll be some more and five iron cuts. The Best life EP. Oh man, got the also that San Dimas High School football yeah. rules Atari's cover. Exciting, dude. That that song the recording sounds amazing it's real good it it's like the the drums on it just like you know you can't fault necessarily the ataris like for a song that like nowadays it can it just sounds so much cleaner than yeah. their than their version does right um but anyway i yeah. there's just so much potential yeah, for this sh- these shows to be so fucking epic. I am very pumped. We and should call out the uh, sweet Ferris Bueller no, I, poster. Yeah, I'm, I was so excited to see that. Yeah, we got our uh, our boy um, Justin Gray. Justin Gray, yeah. born to uh, build, burn, burn to build, burn to build, burn dot to dot build. Cooler. on on uh, on Instagram. He's done a bunch of the MXPX mm-hmm. posters. Two of which uh, I own the the Zebrahead one, the Mario, mm-hmm. and then the the Zelda one with the, also with the Five Iron Show when they played in Texas. So rad. Um, so this one is shout out to Chicago Ferris Bueller during the parade. Got some whole bunch of Easter eggs in here. Got yeah. the Blues Brothers. Mm-hmm. You got Malort. Yeah, um, I love that. You got the the Five Iron Skankin' Robot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can only assume over here on the right, maybe like a piece of deep dish pizza. I can't really tell. Right. I can't really tell what that is. I tried to do a real deep dive into all the Easter eggs, and then my eyes sort of just glazed over at some point. But I'm there, sure there's like deep cuts all over the place. There's like Cyclops for some yeah. reason. I See, that was one that I was like, I feel like I should understand what this is a reference to. Yeah. Some sort of... Five Iron Cyclops reference sounds vaguely familiar. Okay. I don't know. Let us know what we're getting wrong, everybody. Right. Um, yeah, this is, it's dope. I really, real cool. I really appreciate the, the attention to detail for our beloved city. It will be on sale at the show, mm-hmm. which everybody should go to. Yes. <laughs> regardless of where you live in the country. <laughs> yeah, they, um, the, on the Mike Herrera podcast, Yes. He had said, um, so I honestly have no idea what the rest of this year is going to look like for them. Right. Because he said that if you're in the Midwest, this is your chance. Hmm. So I don't think. Yeah. If no you, tour, perhaps. I, yeah, yeah. I don't think so. I don't know if there's going to be a big, massive tour. Yeah. Well, they're coming here. They're coming here. That's all so I care about. 
<laughs> um, if you are in Minnesota, Wisconsin, Michigan, Indiana, yeah, you know, Nikki P in, in Tennessee, bro. Right. I don't know. It's not that long a drive. Yeah, get up here and do your, you know, solid ten hour drive. <laughs> Is it that far? It's uh it's a long it's a long drive. Okay. Yeah, depending on how much you stop. If you take uh sure. uh fifty seven or sixty five. Yeah. Um Nikki P, get at me. We'll figure it out. Yeah. But uh yeah, we will do some sort of formal meetup at some point for yes. the pod that weekend. Yes. Uh, details forthcoming. But yeah, if you're coming out for that, um we hope you come hang out with us too. We will buy our Patreon punks a beer. Um maybe other people too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not made of money, John. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um Mike will buy you a beer. Yes, Mike. <laughs> We're uh you can you can tell him we sent you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> John, before we get too much further into anything, um we're doing tumble down. Yeah. So let's drink. Let's drink. Uh, yeah. Boom. There we go. So if we're gonna be doing any. Mm-hmm. Sounds great. Yep. Yeah. Um, I just poured myself. I was a like, that's a, that's a big pour. That is a big pour. I don't think I'm gonna need much more for this episode. <laughs> Jesus. Well. It just sounded so good. You it did. It was. I was. I was focusing on the ASMR, and there we go. Got them. Uh, Got them rocks. Them stones. Them stones. stones. Boom. All right. So, um... Cheers, man. Cheers, bro. Tumble down part two. Yeah, dude. Coming at you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's good. Ooh. I'll get you. Um, all right. So, before we get too far um, into talking anything about tumble down... Um, let's go back a couple episodes because we have, uh, some voicemails. Can I leave you a message on your machine? From Nikki P. Okay. That he wants to address a few things from, uh, our Arthur, our Arthur episode. Mm-hmm. Hello, my dudes. It is Nikki P back on the pod. Um, I just wanted to make a couple of notes from last episode. Number one, um, I love that candy has become part of like the meta <laughs> of the Magnified Pod. It's great. Um, April, motherfucking badass, bringing out some sour Skittles. <laughs> Fantastic GMO candy. The superior fruit candy to Starburst. Um, but sour apple is the greatest. Um, did you guys ever put those in like Zimas or whatever? Like <laughs> I did, I did it post when I brought it back because I'm, you know, we tight. But the Zimas and the sour, the sour Skittles is, you know, uh, number two, commenting on Arthur. I never really listened to Arthur because um, I was even the re-release in two ten. Um, I just never got into him. But I, you know, I listened to the second album. And I, I was digging it. The first one, not mm-hmm. so much, but the the second one, I was digging it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I'll give I'll give further details. And uh, oh, back to the candy. Uh, Reese's reigns supreme as GMO peanut butter candy. 
Yeah. And number three, I just wanted to give some love. I felt like there was some negativity in the last episode. It was handled well, but I just wanted to say, you know, to a lot of people. I mean, we got we got Daniel Leary, the god, the myth, the legend, uh, MXPX memes, Lord. <laughs> you know, bringing out the opening song, punk rock show for his set list. It was a that was a that was a that was a controversial dive, and he did it bravely, and I'm proud <laughs> to be part of this proud family. Uh, and uh, I just wanted to give some love to to my boy Andrew. Andrew, you are a freaking uh, god, my guy. <laughs> you uh, you got you got some hate, and this isn't this isn't pity. This is because I know you know from what I've interacted, you're you're a good dude. You you're you're confident in your values, hmm. and if you've got something to say about something, you're gonna fucking say it unapologetically. <laughs> True. And I respect Damn that because right. I'm not like that. And uh, you know. John's a John's an agreeable dude, and uh, you know I like him because that's you know. But Andrew brings brings the uh, brings the, the the necessary commentary and the uh, and being the devil's advocate. So anyway, dude, I uh, I really enjoy both of you guys, and I love being a part of the magnified uh, family. Anyway, uh, magnified pod for life. Many smooches. Peace. Nikki P. Nichols. Our boy Nichols. Thank you, brother. We got so much love for our dude Nichols. That was great. Yeah, man. So, so much to digest from that single voicemail. Uh-huh. Um, first off, he talked about uh, Zima. Yes. So, technically, it was Jolly Ranchers that was the candy the of choice that you would drop in the Zimas. But you know what? Live your best life. That's right. Throw whatever <laughs> flavored fruit candy. If your best life involves Zima, more power to you. Uh, yeah. I do remember trying. There's a Simpsons joke about Skittlebrow, where Homer's looking for a beer that has Skittles floating in it and then realizes it was a dream he had. So I remember creating some sort of beer, Skittle concoction at one point, and it didn't go great. But that's I the closest I got. I can't imagine. <laughs> I mean, it's... It, if you because so much of the flavors got to be come from like you know masticating it right. and chewing it i don't yeah. like something like a jolly rancher yeah, i imagine would dissolve sense. a little bit easier than something with a hard candy shell or coating i think this is our next step post candy deliberation is we need to start combining the candy yep. and the liquor elements of the show into one absolutely voltron so, like force <laughs> Yes, we will. Uh, I will be the bumblebee to your I don't Optimus know, Prime. Optimus Prime, I guess. Um, so, John, we should say we brought candy this yeah. week. Wow. So you came correct with the yeah. sour variety. I got some sour Skittles. Mm. I got some original Skitties, mm. and. Some Sour Patch Kids because oh geez. those are my fucking jam. Yep. So they have so many flavor varieties That's true. of Sour Patch Kids now. Um, and Newsflash, they have Sour Starbursts. Oh, I think I have some. Are you that. familiar with this? And so. so I was looking at the flavor profile. Guess what there isn't a sour version of? Uh, 
what are we <laughs> lemon oh okay <laughs> that's what i was going for <laughs> they, um, so they have them for the other ones but not for lemon yeah there was there's pretty yeah i didn't see orange it was pretty much just all the and starburst was like fuck that flavor <laughs> <laughs> exactly because they know the deal um but, but we'll be getting to these to these candies in a little bit uh and we're going to be talking about some of those more um also, uh, Nikki P, thank you for the nice things you said. Amen. Um, you are certainly a part of the MagPod family, and um, we're hoping to have a MagPod family gathering That's of right. sorts in yeah. Chicago in March, yep. and it's going to be it's going to be off the hook. We'll let you carve the vegan turkey. That's um, right. <laughs> Yes, you know we'll gather we'll gather around the table, mm-hmm. and we will give thanks to um, our Lord and Savior Mike Carrera. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, yes, uh, shouts to Andrew generally for his name having been besmirched over recent weeks. I appreciate well, yeah. Nikki coming to your defense. Yeah, uh, that is all correct, and also correct that I'm the guy that goes. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Just kind of <laughs> keeps rolling with it. So, no, I mean, so the thing the thing to know about uh, John is that I mean we've discussed this on the pod before that he's uh, as Nikki said agreeable. Might I mean that might not be the the best word to describe him, but I would say I think you said that you're not one to get into altercations or like yeah if there's an uncomfortable situation <laughs> you're just gonna ex- swerve <laughs> you, you extract yourself yeah. from that um and and maybe this is why people think i'm the asshole because <laughs> i i hold a hard and fast opinion on some things sure but that's not to say john doesn't have opinions no i do john has thoughts and ideas i do and sometimes i feel bad about that that like you were saying, well, you're not concerned about like sharing them on social media or whatever, but that like, should I have more whatever backbone to get into it a little more when I'm talking in person? But this could be something we talk about sometime on the pod, maybe as Enneagram stuff, but like, I think we should, we've, I think we've mentioned it. We probably, yeah. Briefly passing, but, um, and I think that's when we brought up maybe some of the, our, Dynamics, so, but I think we should do maybe a deeper dive. Yeah, that could be Enneagram talk um, about because you are a two nine. Dane, no, sorry, Dane is a two. Dane is your wife. Dane is my your wife. co-host. Yeah. All right, you know, <laughs> I always get those confused. <laughs> God damn it, John! I'm thinking. I was trying to think about who in my life is a two. Yeah. Um, Dana is, a, I, I thought you guys were, there's, I feel like there's some similarities between twos and nines. Yeah. I can see that. Um, I think, yeah. So th- the only reason I even referenced it was cause nines, their like type is peacemaker, which right. is basically like your worst nightmare is like rocking the boat or being in the middle of an uncomfortable situation. <laughs> like your jam yeah. is everybody feeling cool. Right. Or like, right. which can be good. It's a helpful dynamic sometimes, but other times it's like people tend to get mad at nines because they think that like there's a perception that you're just calm and collected, but really like you have anxiety underneath and you're like internally raging and (laughs) yeah. And are you the, are you the like, so what do you want to do tonight? 
whatever you want, man. Uh, like a hundred percent. Yeah. Before I had the language to say nine and Enneagram and stuff, when I lived um, in community and sojourners in a house with 11 other people, which is too many people. Um, Fact. It became known as U4 dubs, which was up for whatever, which was my response to anything. <laughs> and like before I even realized it became a thing, everybody was like, let me guess, you're up for whatever. <laughs> so I would just start replying to emails where I was like, what do you want to do? Should we do this or this? I'd just be like, UF, U4W. <laughs> That's funny. Good story. <laughs> let's, uh, let's, can you tell it again? It was great. Yeah. Well, so you were a little, I was a little boy. <laughs> <laughs> you wanted to be a big boy. Uh-huh. Um, all right. So Nikki P has another follow up voicemail. Hello, dude. It's, uh, it's, uh, Nikki P once more. I usually don't leave multiple messages, but I feel like there were some things I forgot to address. Uh, uh, number one, um, I am, Sincerely grateful for the compliments on my on my silver silver pipes uh, <laughs> of of a voice. Um, I appreciate you guys saying that it, it makes me feel good, and it makes me, it doesn't make me feel like I want to be stoner. So I appreciate that. <laughs> um, number two, uh, I hope that some audio quality is better. I forgot to address that too. I don't know. I, you know, I don't know what's happening. It's been happening when I left a couple voicemails or called in places where my audio is just terrible. And I think it's just because I'm a uh, I'm I'm just not a very good millennial, uh, <laughs> which is fine, I guess. I don't know, whatever. Uh, and uh, I think I think that's it. Anyway, uh, many smooches, uh, nine to five pops for life. Well, Thanks, we're we're not gonna hold you uh, hold the audio against you. I mean, you're pretty you're pretty consistent, so yeah. no worries about that. Um, so going from the Nikki P positivity train. Uh, we're going to jump on to, you know, a little bit of taking this down a notch, me specifically. Hey, Andrew and John, it's April. Um, this message is specifically for Andrew for um, saying some bullshit about how I like pop country because that's not true. So I just wanted to set the record straight because I'm more into the like Texas country, old school sounding, whatever. Um, Jason Aldean was like rock country, which is why I got into country in the first place. So anyways, I have a lot more things to say about other topics that have been discussed, but I needed to get that one cleared out. Mad pod for life. Thanks, April. So, uh, here's the thing. And I texted April almost right after she left this voicemail Uh because, and what I told her, and she actually explains a little bit more in depth in a voicemail is that so I have come to country music much later in life. Sure. I I and so I said like honestly I, I'm sorry I don't really know yeah. the best ways to classify I'm I country. don't know what Texas country is to be honest. <laughs> no, I I don't either. And like I mean uh, she's talked to me about Jason Aldean like yeah, a hundred million times, and <laughs> so yeah, I, I guess I can it, intellectually. It makes sense that there are v- varying st- rock styles of country. That it's sure. not all going to be pop. It's not all going to be you know like really bluegrassy or right. like twangy. It might be a little. We talked about um, our boy Sturgill Simpson, how yeah. he's a little bit more. 
you know, Kentucky kind of like country root style with a little bit of, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking maybe for? Like Americana? Yeah, or maybe no? a little Americana. So, um, so yeah, my bad pop country. Um, in a recent text exchange, um, with Danny stairs and April, I said that pop country is the Jar Jar Binks of music. I, I would co-sign that statement. <laughs> it's just like it, there's no substance to it. Right. Uh, if you can, there, it just, it's so formulaic. Right. And I think that's what bothers me so much. And it's doesn't even necessarily need to be, um, like it's not that, uh, that kind, that style of music is the only one that makes, um, formulaic music it's just it's it doesn't do anything for me right in the slightest yeah. it, it just seems derivative and lazy yeah do you remember hearing that uh back in the day that somebody put those two nickelback songs over each other uh-huh. and, and like the, same the exact same That's thing. I'm going to, I'm going to pull that up while you okay. say, well, say something. I was smiling while you were talking about that just now, because I was going to bring this up later when we get into the second tumble down record, but there's a particular song speaking of the before everything and after pod yeah. that reminded me of that riff. We went on about how Kings of Hollywood is basically a pop country. Song, yes. Yes. <laughs> that it could be very easily transposed yep. into one. Right. So I've been walking around in my head all day going left coast punk rock. <laughs> that's our scene. <laughs> anyway, get a little steel guitar. That's right. So there's, there's a steel guitar later that reminded yep. me of that. We'll, we'll get into that later. That's really, but. that's really fun. So here somebody put, how you remind me and someday um over each other by nickelback let's hear it Okay, so That's we don't amazing. need to, yeah. <laughs> and the first time I heard that, I was like, Jesus Christ, guys! Yeah. <laughs> it's like they they have like the same. Mm-hmm. It's the same tempo. Yeah. It's like it's it's in the same key. Instruments like the, come in at the same moment. They they, they, yeah. they come in at the same moment. It just that's the only thing I like more than Nickelback is double Nickelback. So it's <laughs> really great. Um, <laughs> have you so it, make, it makes me think of that uh parks and rec where um uh leslie goes on to the the their the pawnee community radio it's like uh-huh. their version of like npr mm-hmm. and jazz times jazz the, equals yeah, jazz. The jazz plus jazz <laughs> equals jazz and just like multiple uh jazz two two different jazz tracks yeah. playing at the same time and he says uh, our, 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 our statistics show that our listeners really oh, love jazz. Yeah. So <laughs> and wonderful. His, and his name is, uh, Derry Murbles. 
<laughs> which is like oh man the most like <laughs> good knowledge of that deep cut yeah i mean it's dan castellanetta yeah who plays uh speaking of homer yeah plays Derry Murbles. um which is like the most like mike sure amy poehler name <laughs> yeah ever. totally it's the best oh man um let's uh so in our previous ep we talked about the purity movement um right. sex body shame feelings about um kind of like where we came from in this in this issue um and april has a voicemail kind of sharing a little bit more in depth about her experience since her only response uh, to our question on Instagram was, you know, <laughs> fuck you, I'm getting laid. Right. So she she has a little bit more to say. Hello, Andrew and John. It's your one true love, April. <laughs> um, I am calling... I mean, she's not she's not not correct yeah. in this in how things have been going lately. So yeah, we'll see what Danny stares. He might feel a little hurt by that. But. Yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll see. I mean, he's under the stairs right now. So yeah, you can't talk to him under that. Yeah. Uh, hey, uh, Andy, can you can you run and get can you run and get Danny stairs? Yeah, let me get him. I'm just okay. brewing some stuff over here. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. Way in on this whole purchase thing because, um, as you know, I grew up in a super strict, conservative, cultish church, and they were all about the courtship. I mean, it was like crazy. I remember being at church on a Thursday night, like for Bible study, and there was this video about why courtship is awesome, and it showed this couple that the closest they were allowed to be to each other was to have a Bible, like a shared Bible open in between their laps, but they were never allowed to be alone together, and they weren't allowed to touch each other, hold hands, kiss, anything, and that was basically my mom's dream for me, um, and... You know, as we all know, the, uh, Bible is the original cock block, <laughs> you know, just... Very true. As long as... as as long as you have a Bible on your lap, your your boner, go. <laughs> you gotta you gotta leave room for the Holy Spirit. <laughs> yep. As you know, um, you know my my little comment was just kind of putting it in a funny way, but I really thought that that was all messed up. So I didn't date. I wasn't allowed to. Uh, but I think that even just in the fact that I uh, I wasn't allowed to date and and was so, I don't know, I guess constricted. It kind of screwed me up in relationships when I finally was with people. Um, so there's all that. There's just all kinds of toxicity. But I I guess I had some sort of, like, sexual ethic because for some reason I decided that I was going to wait until 18, but kind of went the opposite of the spectrum and decided, you know, I'm going to be 18, it's going to be, you know, I'm going to pick a guy who's going to be the hottest guy, but no feelings, no attachment, so that get it done, like, I guess have a, a hot notch on my belt or whatever I was thinking, and then I don't have to deal with the, you know, emotional attachment and the heartbreak and all of that stuff that I hear about that makes sex for the first time, you know, difficult for girls to deal with, I guess. Um you know, and then the whole thing of, like, you're told something's wrong for so long, and then suddenly, like, there's a day 
in a ceremony and you're supposed to be all into sex and you don't know if there's chemistry, you, you know, don't know if, if you guys feel the same about those things. I mean, it's just all sorts of fucked up and I think a lot of people suffer from it. I hate it. And that Joshua Harris follow-up to I Kiss Getting Goodbye, I had high hopes for it and I thought it was bullshit. It was just kind of like, well, I think that, you know, what I was teaching was right, but if it hurt you, I'm sorry. And maybe it shouldn't have been that way. Um, maybe not like so extreme as far as the courtship goes, but just like the biblical principles of saving yourself for marriage and stuff. Um, but yeah, anyways, it's just, it's, I'm glad that you guys are discussing this because I think a lot more people than we realize are hurt by it. Yeah, so, um, that Joshua Harris documentary, I don't know if I really said much about it on the, on the pod, but yeah, yeah, it was sort of a bummer. I was, I also was like, oh, this is cool. He's going to have some things to say, but it was just sort of like, oh, shrug, no like definitive. He wasn't like I was wrong or I was right. It, it just felt like. My bad if it was painful. It's like, right? Yeah, I don't know. It felt like he was trying to have it both ways, and it's like, I don't know. Like, look, I'm talking to all these different people, but not coming to any sort of firm conclusion about it. Yeah, I mean, my understanding of where he's at now is still. I think he's the pastor of like a pretty big fairly conservative evangelical church so i would guess that like he hasn't really shifted much like theology (laughs) hasn't fundamentally changed but at least i guess i'm glad that the movement overall has recognized that that stuff was real damaging so yeah um Um, but to yeah april's larger point yeah thanks for sharing april yeah you know it's i you know the thing is like i don't honestly think that these people are intentionally trying to be hurtful. Sure. I think they think they're right and that this is the best thing to like sexual intimacy. I mean, sexual intimacy is, it is a big deal. Um, and people do, people can get hurt. Yeah. And, but, to throw in all the guilt and the shame and the fear with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just a, a recipe for disaster. Yep. And um, I'm glad April had a good head on her shoulders to know, like, I I see through a lot of this yeah. at a young age because a lot of people didn't. And um, I didn't <laughs> for yeah. for a really long time. Yeah. We should maybe um, shout out a couple uh, book titles that we were texting each yes, other about yes, since yes, we did yes. the episode. One is um, our buddy Blake Chastain, who does the Exvangelical mm-hmm. podcast, which is really good, and the uh, Venn diagram of our <laughs> pod's interests uh, overlap yep. quite a bit. Yep. Uh, so check that out if you haven't. But he had on um, Linda K. Klein, who wrote the book Pure, Inside the Evangelical Movement That Shamed a Generation of Young Women and How I Broke Free, which um, that one kind of like blew up and went into the mainstream. I know she was on like Fresh Air and her book was a bestseller and everything. So that um, is worth listening to and her book is worth checking out. And then we talked about 
uh, Nadia Boltz Weber, who's a pastor in the church that I work for. Um, she's got a book that just came out called Shameless, a Sexual Reformation, which is uh, certainly an interesting look around that whole culture. I, I might be wrong, but so, I mean, this would be on par for the pod uh-huh. um, by just me making an assumption. But uh, so, yeah, Nadia Boltz Weber, she is a pastor of a church in Denver. Right. Uh, she just left recently. but Oh, she did? Yeah. I think she's kind of stepping back from... Pastoring? Pastoring and being more of like a public figure type. So. Okay. Um, yeah. What was what was the name of the, the church again? Oh, gosh. It's like... It's like... Saints some, and Sinners or something. Something like that. Uh, yeah, let's... This is the part of the show where we talk and about things, things and Google stuff. Um, founding pastor of House for All Saints and Sinners. Yeah, there you go. Yep. Um, and so I was going to say, I thought that Leonor went there. Oh, I mean, or, I know she helped start Scum of the Earth. That's church. what I, that's what I was thinking of. Different church, different church. S- never mind. Similar vibe in the sense that it's in Denver and kind of was about attracting folks who were kind of seen as like, um, you know, the types that may not be welcome in normal churches. Or right. Whatever. But I think Scum of the Earth is still going. Okay. Um, sorry, that's not just okay. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Um, gives a shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, s- another book. Um, our girl Jen Mandigo, who mm-hmm. we spoke with last week. Uh, she texted me a uh, a book called Sex, God, and the Conservative Church, yeah. Erasing Shame from Sexual Intimacy. So, yeah, we have some resources that we are going to have to look into. I'm excited about this Nadia Boltz-Weber book. Yeah. Um, yeah, you should check out some of her other books, Pastrix, um, Accidental Saints, um, so, yeah, she is a badass. She's pretty rad. Uh, um, we should say also that um, part of what's giving uh, some folks in my office heartburn is that she's currently collecting people's purity rings around the country and melting them into a vagina sculpture. Have uh, you heard about this? No. <laughs> God, that's so good. <laughs> so people are sending in her uh, their purity rings around the country, and she's going to make this. This big vagina with them, so. Um, and so people in your office <laughs> well, are kind of bristling at it. Not that I think everybody probably. Well, I do not speak for the church. Uh, opinions mine. Hashtag. But like, I. <laughs> That's think not how hashtags work. <laughs> you say it after. <laughs> so, uh, weird that I haven't been getting any Twitter direction. Um, no, I think generally people are like fully on board for whatever Nadia does, and then also are like, ah, oh, shit, we're gonna hear from a lot of people now. Yeah. <laughs> she also had this whole thing about ethically sourced porn. I don't know if you heard about this, Mm-mm. but this was something that also I think a lot of people have been complaining to the larger church uh, about is that she did this interview where she talked about like maybe porn, you know, isn't all bad. Maybe it's okay for there to be ethically sourced porn. And that became this whole thing where people on all sides of the spectrum were kind of like, what is that? Is there such thing as that? So anyway, that's kind of a sidebar, but an interesting Conversation in the list. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I might open up a whole can of worms <laughs> on on this topic, but you know, I think when it comes to stuff like porn and other sex work, mm-hmm. um, you know, you, you know, it's it's 
giving there there is potential for um manipulation and abuse within the sex industry mm-hmm. um but you know of course women have bodily autonomy to make those sorts of decisions mm-hmm. um and you know this is i feel like it's one of those industries not just uh porn but i think you know there needs to be stop criminalizing i think criminalizing prostitution gives it's like the war on drugs you're right. giving power to the wrong people yeah and so if you're criminalizing prostitution you know you're you're giving power to pimps and people who right kind of lord the power over these women um and that might not always be the situation because sure. i know that there are escort services that where women have more autonomy um and of course not all sex work is prostitution of course right but um it's just yeah that's that's a whole yeah. much larger conversation yeah but anyway anyway um april has some more to say yeah, I got cut off um, for the first time ever, so I guess I had a lot to say. Uh, yeah, so anyways, um, you know, I know people that were divorced because they waited till they were married. There was no sexual compatibility, uh, tons of issues, like, with women not being able to do it, and it, I don't know, it's just so messed up. Side note, um, I got in an argument with my mom on, I don't know, Christmas Eve or some, yeah, something like that. Uh, we were just talking about the whole, like, rape thing and the baby is cold outside and how, you know, I mean, obviously, like, I do like that song a lot, uh, especially when Zoe Deschanel sings it. Oh, my gosh, she's amazing. Um, but, Correct. you know, there is kind of like a rapey tone to it, but, you know, I don't think it should be cut off from the airwaves or anything. It's like, if you if that's what you want to read into it, that's fine, but it's still, you know, it's just a Christmas song. I think it's harmless, but anyways... Uh, my mom was saying, you know, and, you know, these women, like, that say that they got raped by their husbands, and I'm like, well, that happens, and she said, when you get married, your body is not your own, like, you, your body is for your husband, and I'm like, that doesn't mean that they should just force themselves onto you, like, at free will, like, you have to, like, be willing and a part of it, and it, it should be a conversation, and no one should ever feel forced, so... Anyways, that was interesting. That's part of the whole weird, sexual, super crazy Christian upbringing that I had. Uh, So before we get any further, if you're married and you force yourself on your spouse and you force sex on your spouse, that's rape. Yeah, 100%. So... Anybody who holds this idea that when you get married, your body no longer belongs to you, that's fucked up and incorrect. Yeah. And rape exists within marriage relationships. Yeah. If, if it just, that it just does. And yeah, you can't force somebody to give you sex regardless of your relationship status. Right. It's just, that's just the way it is. Yeah. I mean, most rape 
happens in the context of dating or marriage relationships. Yeah, most people know they're rapist. So, like, yeah, this gets back to the whole thing you were asking about with, you know, how are we raising boys? And I right. just think it's got to be, there is, there's this understanding that rape means a specific thing. And usually it looks pretty different from, you know, whatever, a random guy behind the bushes or whatever. It's right. a lot uh, scarier and more insidious than that in a lot of ways. Yeah. people don't know what defines rape. Anyway. Well, um, this whole conversation makes me think about Gillette. Yeah, yeah. Because um, to me, it's baffling to live in a world where a company makes commercial. It's like, hey, let's not be shitty. Let's like try and not be shitty. Right. And people are upset about it. <laughs> like, if the if the thesis statement is like, men, let's be less awful, <laughs> and people are mad and, about that, <laughs> and be and hold each other accountable. Right. It's a pretty low bar. <laughs> it's clear. the lowest bar. And people are like, throw my Gillette razor in the toilet. Yeah. It's like, cool guy. I will it's say, It's the like, same people that are like, Colin Kaepernick, I'm burning my right. Nike stuff. Yeah. It's like, dude. Yeah, I will say, like, I saw so many people sharing it, like, finally, this is what we need, that, like, when I finally saw it, I was a little underwhelmed. <laughs> like, not that I disagree that, like, it's helpful for, you know, whatever statements like that to be made in a big marketing corporate context but like it did feel a little bit like okay yeah that's like the the bare minimum right but sure yeah it's still good i mean it's hardly and to me it's funny to think because i see comments like Ooh, you need to stop pandering to liberals and i think it's funny that in some people's minds not sexually harassing women and not beating the shit out of kids is like a liberal thing. (laughs) It's like, it's tough. I mean, like let's, why does this have to be party lines? Yeah. That almost like reveals some scariness about your, (laughs) like it means probably that whatever your political philosophy is stands in opposition to that, which is like, okay, well even more reason why I am not conservative. (laughs) Yeah. It's, yeah, it, it wasn't, like, I watched it, and I'm like, yeah, good. Right. Like, this this seems to me like kind of like a slam dunk. And I'm typically not one of those people that when I see a large corporation yeah. being like, I'm on board for this big messaging. Yeah. It's, I Like, I try not to be a cynical person, but, like, obviously their corporation. Yeah, they've crunched the numbers. They're not, they're not. Going, doing this out of the kindness of their hearts. Right. I mean, it's still there is risk yeah. involved in something like this, but um, it's not enough. Right. One thing. So, uh, you know, I feel like I thought I thought I heard that they said they were going to do maybe partner with some organizations mm. or do something like that. But you know, it's making a commercial is n- not enough for me to sure. to be like heaping praises on them right or anything but yeah it was interesting that that all happened this week right after we had that that conversation yeah so. yeah exactly um uh, more from april um so yeah i think that that's all i had to say about that one uh tumble down is fucking rad yeah i right. have never actually really listened to it before sorry 
that's it. That surprises me, considering... Yeah, me too. It makes how, me feel a little better, frankly. Yeah, <laughs> that if someone who loves pop country as much as April does, for the record, April loves pop yeah, country. Can't get enough. Can't get enough. It's exclusively what she listens to. It's pop country, then MXPX, <laughs> then Nickelback. Right. <laughs> um... But no, anyway, yeah, it does make me feel like, oh, if someone as big of a fan as, uh, of, you know, the, the style of music right. that was under the radar for her, yeah. well, then not so bad. And I guess, um, but I actually did see Tumble Down. Uh, I don't even know if it was the whole band, but Mike was doing something. It was a Tumble Down thing, I think probably in 2009. Um, so that was cool. That was the first time I um, met and got a picture with my Carrera. Um, so yeah, I, as you know, I'm into country now, so I think that I appreciate it a lot more than I would have when it came out, same, um, but man, it's so freaking good, so I hope that there is a tumble down resurgence, and also, thank you guys for, um, recognizing my loyalty and love, and always sticking up for you, I will say though, I know that Tom Dushula is kind of, you know, you feel like he's being an asshole to you guys. Um, it is out of fun, and I actually really like the dude, so um, I'm just team uh, Switzerland, right? That's what it is in Twilight. Um, yeah, I, I love all of you, and I love MXPX above all. So I will talk to you guys soon. Magpod for life. Thanks, April. Yep. I mean, minus all that Tom C stuff at the end, you know, <laughs> we appreciate it. I think we're, I think we're both pretty sure that he's doing it out of um, not sincerity most of the time. Right. <laughs> and then there's this sliver of time that we're like, what the fuck is happening here? <laughs> yeah. So, Like, I don't think, like, I'm 95% sure. Yeah. That's about as, as high as a percentage as I can get that yeah. he's just fucking with us but right. like he doesn't mean it but like that other five percent's like does he fucking hate us <laughs> yeah. i don't know i don't know i even know um, um yeah, well i, was... I came <laughs> here to drink and i came here to fight guys <laughs> <laughs> um little mike moen uh, he came i'm so glad we came here to drink you got was, your uh, my if mike moen came here to drink hey man then we did too. Is that the end of that voicemail? What? <laughs> <laughs> of course not. <laughs> Ooh. The cackler. Yep. He's got he's got some things to say. Oh boy. Yeah. Uh that's great. Yeah, I was just gonna say before when April was talking Second about hand. <laughs> Hi guys. <laughs> oh yeah. Mike Mullen, that's my name. Later. What did, what did he say at the beginning? Secondhand high, uh, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see Mike Mullen being into that song. Yeah. Um. <laughs> thank you, sir. I've mostly been not coughing until these voicemails, and then they just <clears throat> send me over the edge, like that secondhand high. Yeah. I uh, yeah, I was just gonna say April was talking about seeing Tumble Down, and I looked up some of their tours and they played shubas in 2010 what? which i'm like dang it that would have been so cool shubas is like a very small venue here it in chicago is. and that yeah. would have been fun for us to do anyway i, I think who little... did i see i think i saw 
unfollow at Shuba's. I for sure saw them there. Maybe we were. We together. might have been at the same show. Yeah. Did um, was sleeping at last there too? I saw them there a bunch of times. Yeah. We probably at that together too. So yeah, we. <laughs> John and I go back. It's true. Many years. It's all a blur. Yep. Um, I think we got some. Uh, this was, this is a Magpod record. Ooh. This is the lightest. Wow. Danny Stairs week. <laughs> Ever. He's been busy. He's been playing a lot of games with his family. That's true. He's <laughs> he's playing the card games. He's yeah. playing some Uno. Doesn't have time to leave quite yeah, as many voicemails. I mean, yeah. Fuck us. What's up, guys? Your boy Danny Stairs. Calling in with my top three for this week. Um, I'm going to have to go with number one, Harriet. Number two, <laughs> John. And I guess because he's all that's left, I'll put Andrew at number three. All right, Mac Lots for life, guys. Bye. See, I don't know. I don't, I don't get it. What, what's it about? Um, this is why <laughs> April is our one and only true love. Yeah. What's up, guys? Your boy Danny Stairs, driving into work. Uh, just got to the end of your uh, review of Tumble Down. Want to thank you for not shitting on uh, <laughs> something that we love for once. But also want to kind of call you out because you guys are an MXPX podcast, and this is the first album you've ever not hated by any kind of MXPX-related entity. You hated all of, you know, you really hated Everpassing Moment. Yeah. Um, I forget what other stuff you're supposed to have hated, but really <laughs> didn't. I mean, the stuff you really hated. Um, but, you know, I was seeing what's going on. Like, Tumble Down seems to be more your style, since you guys hate all MXPX, um, and especially uh, Everpassing Moment. So, anyhow, guys, uh, have a good week. Mac Pop for life. So, I mean, we... Hate that JFK stuff <laughs> that the band really is proud of, but we yeah. I forget. <laughs> whatever. Whatever indeed. Yeah, as soon as the Chicago shows were announced, I emailed Tom to chill and I was like, they better play only stuff from before two thousand or I'm not going. <laughs> yep. We're we're exclusively looking for Poconacha to Buffalo right. and that's yep. it because Correct. all of the other albums yeah. suck. Um, I, there will not be a single song that they play that I will be unhappy about. No, I mean, yeah. It's going to be so fucking rad. Unless they're like, I, all right, guys, we decided Saturday is all Secret Weapon. <laughs> but you know what? Secret Weapon Saturday, guys. <laughs> I was listening to Secret Weapon this week, and I was like, maybe I was too hard on it. Because there's a stretch there. Like in the middle, where it's just like angels. Of, yeah, angels like is a good song. Angels all the way through. You're on fire. Or something. Yeah. Where I was just like, it's like five or six great songs in a row, and I was like, well, I don't know. In conclusion, I like all MXPX albums. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, I think I think the what we can say is there are a handful of songs on Secret Weapon that. It's a lo- it's the longest album. Yeah, it needed to be fucking cut. Agreed. Um, top of the charts, punk rock celebrity, um, sad sad song. Um, Could have gone, but yeah, angels, uh, chop shop, you're on fire. You know, uh, I like drowning. Yeah, drowning. Uh, Secret weapon, shut it down. Yeah, lots of good stuff. Good stuff. It's just too long, as we said. Um, anyway, this is our tumble down <laughs> yes, episode. Correct. 
Um, I don't know. Do we have some more? I think I'm. We have one more. One more Danny Stairs voicemail. Hey guys, your boy Danny Stairs again. I'm calling to clarify. Yes, the Danny Stairs was 100% coined by Andrew. Uh, it's a 100% uh, property of Magnified Pod. Boom. Uh, it's a character that appears on your podcast only. <laughs> yep. In fact, in real life. Nobody calls me Danny. I hate it, but I love you guys, so I I let it fly. So, um, just want to make sure that that's one hundred percent on the record that you guys are correct about that. Um, all right, to the loo, motherfuckers. <laughs> let me say that that is an appropriate or an acceptable substitute for Magpad for life. I'll I'll take that. That's fine. Yes, if you want to swap out to the loo, motherfuckers. <laughs> With Magpod for life. Um, We're going to get Mike to record that at the Chicago show as our outro for all episodes. Oh, my God. I'd be so hard if you you did that. (laughs) What's funny is I'll just let this out of the bag, that when we asked him to record that, the first thing he said was, what's up, motherfuckers? This is Mike Herrera, and you're listening to Magnified. And then I was like, oh, we shouldn't play that or mention that later. But now I'm like, I feel like he'd be fine with us saying that. So part of me wishes that that... (laughs) I mean, it is... Well... What happened is he said the first part, and then we laughed for like a solid twenty seconds. Yeah, and then he then he, but anyway, yeah, it was funny as hell. Yeah, and but yeah, I was like decided we in that moment we're like we're not. We can't do that. We can't do that. Uh, he, we will get him to say toodaloo though. We will get him uh, to say toodaloo, motherfuckers. I promise. Yep. Um, so John, we have been talking heavy stuff lately. Um, and I think it's time to get a little light. Let's talk things that we enjoy. And we've talked about this with our boy, Brian Bouchelt. Mm -hmm. Uh, we have talked about it individually, personally, you know, Movies. Yeah, you're a movie dude. You have written about movies a bunch. Yeah. Uh, like you're you're cable guy. Cable guy. Say anything. Say anything. Some kind of wonderful. Yeah. Grease. Grease. Those, those are, are your the big fa- four. Those. <laughs> those <laughs> are your, your favorite movies, <laughs> was... specifically because. You're about the party movies. That's right. Those are the best party movies one yep. can name. So, okay. I love films. <laughs> John, we can't bite. <laughs> I just want to, though. <laughs> we want. We need to bite every single segment that, uh, that Scott, 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 Scott do. done. Anyway, um, you were saying something real. No, movies. Like, So you are a much more, uh, you know, I guess there's not. What's the equivalent to... When if someone's well read, what's the equivalent for cinephile? I guess you're a cinephile. Usually, yeah, I guess I usually you... say that whenever I meet someone. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> I'm John. I'm a cinephile. I'm a cinephile. Um, I'm I'm a cinephile in the sense I'm S I N cinephile because okay. I love sinning. <laughs> you love sin. I love sin. Oh God, it's so good. My favorite part is how much I'm going to hell. Yeah, that's uh, the best part. It's the best part. Um, so here's the thing. Um, I didn't ask you this before the pod, but, um, you have seen a lot of, a lot more movies 
films, if you will, than me. Sure. Uh, probably a lot more artsy films, a lot more. What are you saying? Well, what I'm saying is I'm I, I, I tend to be one of those people that watches, <coughs> um, watches movies that I like over and over and over again. Oh, yeah. I do that, too. Um, but so before we get into some of our favorite movies and movies that we think are amazing, is there a movie that you haven't seen mm. that... At this point, it's <laughs> like it becomes to a point where it's like it's embarrassing that you haven't seen that movie yet. So many. I don't even know where to start. What would be the... There's one off the dome. Let's hear it. Schindler's List. Oh. I've never seen Schindler's it's List. It's worth seeing. 25 years old. <laughs> yeah, it's still worth seeing. Yeah, I. but it's also like three and a half hours long. Or it's something good. like that. It's good. It's but it's like one like everything. I've also this is like a, on a much smaller scale, but I've also never seen The Sixth Sense. <laughs> I've um, got it on DVD if you want to take it home. Um here's the thing. Do you want to know one of the reasons I never saw The Sixth Sense? <laughs> yes. Cuz um, somebody told you the twist. Yeah, do you know who did? Uh no. Andy Richter <laughs> on Conan, Ooh. late night with Conan O'Brien, not long after it came out. That's not cool. He ruined the ending. Not cool. How did they, I don't even know how they let. That's weird. That I don't remember that. How they let that air. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Or maybe it was past the point, but, but even Conan was like, what the hell? I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> That's weird. So I, I was like, God damn it. Thanks, Andy Richter. Come on, Andy. Um, I mean, the first ones that come to mind, and maybe this is like classic cinephile talking, but like I can't remember how many of those Chaplin films I've actually seen. Okay. And how many I've just seen clips of, but like Modern Times and City Lights are supposed to be like sure. among the best movies of all time. And I don't know if I've ever actually like sat down and watched them. Rashomon. Rashomon, gosh, this is another one that I'm like, have I actually seen it? I've seen a decent amount of Kurosawa. I think I've seen some of it. Okay. <laughs> I was also like, hashtag blessed to have the independent film channel. Don't you mean blessed hashtag? hashtag? Yeah, that's usually, that's <laughs> if you want God to see them, put the hashtag after. I don't know what I'm talking about. Heard um, Satan. Um, and... <laughs> So I don't know if you remember this, but so I didn't have cable, but my grandma did, and I would go to my grandma's every day after school. And before IFC was IFC, where mm-hmm. they played like just Arrested Development or whatever they play, it was <laughs> right. like the Independent Film Channel, mm-hmm. and they would truly play like weird stuff from all over the world and from all times. And I saw a lot of stuff just like as a kid after school, catching up on these kind of like movies that are very important. So I think I may have seen at least some of Rashomon at that point, but. Every kid's favorite movie. <laughs> yeah, it's like you gotta you gotta see it from all sides, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, there's a lot of. So when you weren't watching Rashomon <laughs> as a kid, what would you growing up? Um, what did Mulleted Johnny get Mulleted down Johnny. with? Gosh, well, as we've discussed, I wanted to be an animator. Sure. Until like too long into life that you should want to hold that goal. Um, <laughs> Same. So like. Roger Rabbit was real big for okay. me. 
Okay. Um, I mean, Batman, I, the, the 89 Batman I saw in the theater and was obsessed with it. Yeah. Um, I mean, that was, a, I mean, it's just like a classic noir. Yeah. Oh, Dick Tracy. Did you see Dick oh, Tracy? Yeah. Hell yeah. I saw Dick Tracy. <laughs> the colors in that movie. Yeah. Legit. And production another, design are... another sort of noir, like a, a movie that was actually going for comic book yeah. style. Um, was that Warren Beatty? Yep. yep. Yeah. Props to that dude. Um, so, hey, John, before we get too far into this segment, uh-huh. you want some candy, bro? <laughs> yeah, I do want some candy. Okay. So what do you want to do? You want to start with some some original skitties? Yeah, maybe we should do, maybe this should, because weren't we talking about doing a taste off for yeah. Skittles? Yeah, let's get into the Skittles. Let's get into some skitties here. <clears throat> I don't have strongly held opinions about which are the best flavored um, Skittles. Right. Um, so as Nikki P says, um, great GMO candy. Yeah. Um, they're starting to put produced with <laughs> genetic engineering on the package. Cool, cool. Um, uh, Gluten free though bro Alright Well then it's good for you Yeah uh, Yeah I Okay so we got We got some green mm-hmm. Got some yellow mm-hmm. Oh I can already smell That classic <laughs> Skittles aroma <laughs> So we got Some green we Got some red We have some yellow mm-hmm. And then we have grape Okay So I'm assuming those are the only four. Wait, no. Wait, there's there's, there's orange. Yeah. Uh huh. In my head, for some reason, purple's the best. Where? What am I missing? What am I missing? Where's the orange? Orange. Is this? There yeah. we go. Purple's uh, pretty good. All right, purple. We got the purple. Mm-hmm. Tastes a little like Dimetap, like grape medicine, <laughs> which yeah, I like. It's definitely a Concord grape mm-hmm. sort of flavor. What else? What'd you get? Red. Red. Um. Red might be better than purple. I think red, red, might, red might win. Yep. You're just a red rider across red, the board. Red rider die. That um, does. Bro. <laughs> I wish I'd brought, I bought some Starburst. Uh-huh. So we could have done a taste Ooh, test yeah. with the red Starburst. Because that is Put very. on top of the other one. Well, this is similar. This is it's strawberry. Hmm. So I wonder ones. if it would taste like the. The pink Starburst. Oh, it could be. It's kind of very similar. Um, Nikki P said he he's a ride or die for the for the for green, green, right? That's what I just popped. Let's see. Mm, green's pretty good. I don't know if I like it more than red. Tastes like. No, it tastes like. Um, bubblicious Ooh. gum. Ooh, yeah, good call. Mm-hmm. I love bubblicious. Mm-hmm. Big league chew. Mm-hmm. Oh no. What's um I'm going yellow. Okay. It was all yellow. Mmm. Pretty similar to Starburst. Yep. AKA mm. garbage. Better little, than Starburst though. A little a little brighter. Mm-hmm. A little bit more. Yeah. I'm into this a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. It's a little more sour. Okay. Now Orange. Closing out. Mm-hmm. Good. Fine. Fine. Similar to Starburst. Yep. I think red wins. Much like my Starburst opinion. Yep. Where are you going? Um, red. Because red sure. is similar to pink. Yep. Because it's strawberry. Right. Which okay. is what... Interesting, um, interesting. All right, let's move those aside. If you were going to make a metaphor about which um, color is which film, I mean, what would you... 
I think green is it's a little bit Kurosawa, like you're saying. Like it's a little bit off the beaten path. <laughs> Some surprises <laughs> in there, but classic nonetheless. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I would say I'd say orange is probably like a Nicholas Sparks movie, just like <laughs> about what you expect. Sure, sure. Um, let's get sour, bro. Oh man, can't wait to get sour. So it's the same flavors, just sour. What um, a great idea. Orange, grape, strawberry, green apple, and lemon. Yep. Yeah, I think it's the same. Yep. Okay. Let's do this. Should we go ahead in the same order? Um, yeah, let's do... What did we do? We did grape first? Yep. Mm. Oh, yeah. Sour makes it instantly better. Instantly. Mm-hmm. Real good. Yep. <laughs> Red? Let's do it. Mm-hmm. Well, these are good as hell. I don't know. They're not as sour as I like. Yeah. The sour red doesn't do as much for me. Mm-mm. Sour grape wins so far for some reason. Weird. Green? Green, yeah. It's kind of a double sour since green apple's already pretty sour. I like it. I'm chewing right into the mic and you're moving your face away, which is probably the best way to go. Um, this, this green, I'm getting like a sense memory here. Uh-huh. You need to see Ratatouille. Hold on a second. <laughs> I need another fucking green. <laughs> Are you a little boy? <clears throat> it's summer, 1988. In his face right now. <laughs> oh man, what is this? You having a revelation? No, it's like this. This taste is taking me back to my childhood mm. in a really specific way. Youth group lock-in. Mm-mm. Younger. Weird. That's fucking weird, man. Okay, what are we doing? We're doing yellow. Yep. It's good. Mm-hmm. Better, but with the sour. Yeah, the lemon is definitely better with the sour. I already did the orange. It's fine. I think I feel the same about sour as I do about the regular. Grape and strawberry are my faves. Mm-hmm. These sour ones are good as hell, though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I eat a lot more of these. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> wow. So let's um, before we get into more candy. Mm-hmm. Um, so what? What was Johnny getting down with? In, in his younger days. All right, we talked movies. Roger Rabbit. Mm-hmm. We talked Batman. Um, I was a big Tim Burton guy. Okay. And Steven Spielberg, which is pretty like Jurassic basic. Park. Oh yeah, but they were the first directors that I like. Steven Spielberg was the first director that I like checked books out of the library about when I was like eleven. Interesting <laughs> to learn about being a director, and then Tim Burton. As a kid, that run of like, so he did Pee Wee, Beetlejuice, Batman, Edward Scissorhands, Batman Returns, Nightmare Before Christmas. That was like all Little Johnny's wheelhouse, so hard. So you liked a little bit of the dark. Oh, yeah. I like Dark Mike. I like dark <laughs> kids' movies. Um, did you ever you? see Brave Little Toaster? I never did. I know it's important to people. Of our age, but it was one that like passed me by for some reason. 
yeah, I definitely saw that as a kid. I haven't seen it in a long time, but I definitely think it has that sort of dark. There's a little darkness in there. Yeah. Toaster gets into some, some scraps. Yeah, man. Uh, the blanket. The blanket really fucks with him. Dude. Uh, no, just, it's, I think, <laughs> I remember it being fucking sad. Okay. Anyway, um. What about Muppets? I was super into Muppets. Um, I was, I was into Muppet Babies. Muppet Muppet Babies Babies. was my show. I don't remember actually watching the Muppets, like Muppets Take Manhattan or any, like... Got all those on DVD, too, if you want. (laughs) I don't know. I just never got down. Um, What do you got there? Got some... I went double yellow. Mm -hmm. It's doing a little more for me with the double. Yeah. You know what it is? Um, With the Sour Patch Kids... I think there's more surface area, uh, so you get more. Yeah, you get more the, sour. <clears throat> the back of your tongue, which is the sour part. Oh yeah, like that's where the Ooh, sour part. It's blue. You. Yeah. So what are the? What we got here? We got red, orange, green, yellow, as discussed. But instead of purple, we got blue. Yeah, they don't really tell you the flavors. <laughs> I don't think it matters. Yeah. Uh, blue. I feel like I'm a blue boy. Mmm. Mm, you know, know It's like a <laughs> blue raspberry. It's good. I feel like there's better ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going red. Going red. Mm-hmm. I think I'm holding out for green for some reason. What's up with this red? It's not as good as red Starburst to red Skittles. No. Maybe it's like a... Different kind of red fruit. You know what it tastes like? It tastes like um, it tastes like a red gumdrop. Yeah, I don't know about gumdrops. I don't know if I'm here for this. No. Lime. I think green's my favorite sour patch. Lime Town. Yeah, I'm going to Lime Town for sure. <laughs> That's a podcast, isn't it? I think so. We got we got some yellow and orange. Yeah. See, in contrast to Starburst and Skittle, I feel like yellow you doing, sour doing patch yellow? are real good. Yeah. Am I right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe not my favorite, but... Yeah, it's interesting how we're digging the yellows more in the Starburst. Yeah. Okay. Orange. Mm-hmm. Orange is good. <laughs> like also orange. has a gum a gumdroppy flavor. It does. I think green Sour Patch wins, though. Interesting. <laughs> this has been <coughs> absolutely been riveting... Um, let us know your favorite. Yeah, this is um, new a new segment. <laughs> this table it's, looks. It's awesome called. Right now. Yeah, it looks like it's it's got like just tons of sugar dust all over it. <laughs> Talking movies while eating candy and drinking booze is yep. like I just my endorphins are like going. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is this this episode of Magnified Pods brought to you by. Wrigley Candy. Mm-hmm. This segment will be known as John Potter's Pod Fodder. <laughs> Thank you for just, nailing it. Yeah, we got. We just talk about candy. <laughs> I love it. Mm-hmm. That's perfect. So anytime we want to just talk about some random bullshit, it'll be an episode uh, or segment of John Potter's Pod Fodder. I love it. There's yep. no good MXPX song to provide bumper music to that, but no. 
perhaps if you're, hey, Mark, down the walls, maybe your band could create a, a hardcore. John Potter's Bond Fodder. Or yes. Alex Retro, if you want to, you know, mm-hmm. Atomic Treehouse wants to mm-hmm. do John Potter's Bond Fodder theme. Yep. I support that. We are go. here for the John Potter's Pod Fodder uh, theme music. Green and blue together. We'll see what they do. Oh, God. God, Sour Patch Kids fucking roll. I mean, I'm here. I'm here for all of this. All right. How much Re- of the Sour Patch Kids do you want? All of it. All of it. We're doing red Sour Patch. Whoa. Purple. Whoa. Sour Skittle. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And green, regular, skitty. I think you're about to fall backwards under the floor. Is it a revelation? <laughs> Do you see the Lord? <laughs> I just saw Jesus' eyes. <laughs> he was like, what's up, dude? This is the combination to get you into heaven. This is figured out, bro. You know, you know how Jesus sounds. He sounds just like, <laughs> bro. So movies, yeah. What were you into? Um, Back to the Future. Eighth grade, nineteen ninety-seven. UHF. Oh, of course. Mm-hmm. I discovered Weird Al in maybe nineteen ninety-five, and it was. It took a couple of years before I realized, because the internet was in its infancy. It's true. So I didn't have I couldn't just go on line. No. Go weird Al, go to his Wikipedia page and see all that. I checked out UHF on VHS <laughs> from the library. Yes. And watched song. that shit <laughs> over and over and over again. So good. That was that was my jam for for so long. It's I mean it's still it's still my jam. So if you like like Naked Gun, like mm-hmm. Leslie Nielsen movies <laughs> or um um what's the name of that? Oh man, what's the name of that fucking movie? Uh Top Secret. Oh, did yeah. you ever did you ever Val see Kilmer? T- yeah, with Val Kilmer. Oh yeah. Um, so that was in 1984. Uh, so that was that was pre UHF. Yeah. And it it's if you like if you think you know Val Kilmer, <laughs> this movie fucking weird. Yeah, it is weird. He's singing, he's He's dancing. There's a whole like underwater (laughs) fight scene. (laughs) That movie's wild. It's kind of a parody of spy movies. Yep. But it's it's also on its own on its own shit. Star Wars. Sure. Was also super important to me as a kid. Yeah. Um probably the first time I saw Star Wars was maybe I was in sixth grade. Mm Mm-hmm. Seems about right. So that would have been ninety six, I think. Sure. Would have been a little bit about right. I had, in addition to the independent film channel, Mister Movies hmm. was the spot in St. Paul, where on Tuesdays you could get ninety nine cents old releases, like non new films. And um, in the summertime, I would just load up on like 
seven at a time from like these film books that I would read and just like blow through stuff. And that's when I first saw like Reservoir Dogs and Do the Right Thing. And you saw Reservoir Dogs as a kid? Well, like 13. Yeah. Wow. And that shit just like clerks. Um, I was just like, <laughs> how did you, how did you get this past your parents? They were fine with it. I really? Think. Yeah. I mean, my parents are both actors. They met in grad school for theater. Okay. They're into weird stuff. And I think they saw that, like, I was, that stuff was like, oh, like, regular people can make movies and make them really interesting. And that kind of blew my mind as a kid. And then a little bit, a couple years after that, after I had done some of those, like, contemporary 90s movies is when I went back and, like, Kubrick and stuff like that, which, as I think we've discussed on the pod, yeah, Terrence Malick, too, but, like, 2001, a Space Odyssey is probably my favorite movie of all time. Interesting. <laughs> um, so. I've never seen it. Well, I'm going to give you Ratatouille, 2001, uh, Muppets. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm kind of a normie, you know? Yeah. I don't know if, like, I'm not familiar with Malick, you know. Have you ever seen Tree of Life? No. I think you'd like it. Yeah. You should check it out. Is that, uh, is that Brad Pitt? It was Brad Pitt. It was kind of Terrence Malick's comeback. I mean, he was big sort of in the 70s and the 80s. And then he went away for a long time. And then he came back with Tree of Life and blew everybody's mind. So check that one out. So my favorite movie of all time, as you, as aforementioned. B to the F. BTTF. Yeah. Back to the Future. Um, arguably a perfect film. Sure. I don't know if there's anything wrong with that movie. It's so fucking good. It's so funny. It's so funny. The the writing, it's just so tight. Yeah. It's so good. Where do you stand on parts two and three? For them. Okay. They, they wrap it up. I have the trilogy. I don't know why people don't like the third movie. And my my feeling is it's because they haven't watched it. I have recently. I have not watched it recently. I have the trilogy. It's, it's fun as hell. Do you like westerns? It's a western. The only thing about that movie that is not my favorite about that movie is fucking what's her name? <laughs> Mary Steenburgen. Mary Steenburgen. Mm. I I don't think I'm a Mary Steenburgen fan. Huh. Interesting. I don't think I like her as an actress. Wow. I don't find her compelling or convincing in many of the roles I've seen her in. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to think about that. Um am I am I am I wrong? In... I like her. I've honestly I've seen Back to the Future three probably once in the theater as a kid oh wow really and i just remember being like even as a kid i was like i wish they would have just done the first one and not done the other ones and i know there's fun elements in the other ones but i agree with you the first one's kind of perfect i felt like they were just kind of milking it a bit with the other two although back to the future two suddenly looks like a prophecy of what is our daily life now 100 percent. so i mean because they did base they did base right. the biff tannen 
yeah. character off of Donald Trump because yeah. he is a blowhard <laughs> who owns a casino and they were like imagine wo- the worst womanizer. possible <laughs> reality. Yeah, it's it's fucking messed up that they they got it they got it so right. Yeah. But so Mary Steenburgen. Uh-huh. Um so she was in Clifford, which <laughs> is was another movie I watched a lot as a kid. So funny. I don't think that's a popular opinion. No, it's not. But I'm with you. No, it's not. I thought that movie was funny as hell. And I remember showing it to some family and friends and they're just like <laughs> they're like, What is this? What the hell is this? This is a nightmare child. <laughs> yeah. A nightmare movie. <laughs> no, but it's 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 so it's so good. It's Martin Short, Charles Grodin, and Martin Short is unbearable as a kid. And he's still he he it's and but Charles Grodin, you can see him slowly losing his mind. Look at me like a human boy. <laughs> Andrew's making the face perfectly. Yes. You can't do it, can you? Yeah, Just it's like, like an irritating person battling an irritating person. It's yep. a perfect movie. Um, and Mary Steenburgen just thinks that Charles Grodin is like a monster to yeah. this kid. And he doesn't understand yeah. how Martin Short's character <clears throat> is. He's just a sweet little boy. Right. And he just wants to go to Dinosaur World. <laughs> Man, that movie is twisted. Yeah, it's um, it's dark. It is dark. It gets I'm, pretty dark. I'm a big Martin Short head. Yeah. I saw him and Steve Martin at Ravinia last summer. Oh, did you? It was amazing. Uh, um, an evening you'll forget for the rest of your yes. life. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty much the same as a Netflix special. Um, did you, was Three Amigos a movie you were into as a kid? It wasn't. Uh, have you seen it? I have. I have the okay. That's one that I'm seriously giving you the DVD. It's so wonderful. Uh, okay. So. Okay. <laughs> We've been so. eating candy and talking bullshit for a while. Yeah. Well, you know how we do. So here's the thing. Um, I've been trying to catch up on movies. Yeah. That I haven't seen, that I've wanted to see, for a long time. Yep. In preparation, because it's like you know what. Andrew, get your shit together, (laughs) sit your ass down, Mm -hmm. watch these movies that are on Netflix, Mm -hmm. just do it. Um, Ex Machina. Good one. Watch this movie. Um, Donald Gleason is a boss. He's good in everything. He's great in everything. Do you get the sense that people actually know who he is? Because he seems like one of those guys that's like, he's in a lot of amazing stuff. Yeah. He kills it in literally everything he does. And I don't think people really, I don't think he's a household name. Probably not. Yet. But at this point, like with Star Wars, I think everybody knows his face at least. Yeah, Yeah. but also Bill Weasley. Bill Weasley. But I don't think if you said, hey, uh... You know, watching that new Donald Gleason joint. Yeah, you know, do you know? Do you know Donald? Do you, are you a fan? Uh, and I don't think anybody would really know. No. Like, sorry, Donald. What? What are you yeah. saying? Um, and like, so he's unbelievable in that in in Ex Machina. Um, but his 
performance in the Black Mirror episode. Oh, yeah. I was going to mention that. Yep. It might be my favorite Black Mirror episode. It's so brutal. Yeah. Pretty tough. It's really, really tough. Uh, you, if you haven't watched Black Mirror, um, you should watch, um, Be Right Back, Black Mirror episode. It's so emotionally heavy, but it's also funny that he's in, spoiler alert, um, he's in a movie, Ex Machina, right, about a robot, yeah, and then, but he's also in a Black Mirror episode. Yeah. Where he is a robot. Yeah, very similar territory explored in some ways. Yeah, some of some similar but not not to what they how they the thing about Black Mirror is they explore things in a to a degree that it's like it doesn't feel too far off. Oh, Totally. I feel they, like everything in that show is like within the next couple of years, probably. If we're not already <laughs> right living some living of it, some sure. of the some of it, but yeah. Um, and no country for old men. Yeah. Jesus Christ! So <laughs> I just I just watched this movie for the first time. It came out twelve years ago. That's wild. Does that blow your mind? Yeah. Because I saw that in the I th- theater and does not seem like it was twelve years ago. Two thousand seven. Yeah. Um, I, so I heard great things about it. Obviously it's Coen brothers film. Mm-hmm. It won like all of it. Yep. Um, if won four Oscars, yep. I think did Javier Bardem win? I think for... he did. Yep. So I'm not, I'm not a violent movie kind of guy. Yep. Um, this to me um, is takes place in 1980 in mm-hmm. Texas. It it has a in 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 not a similar way, but sort of similar. It feels like um Pulp Fiction in that here are all these different people and their separate stories and kind of how they're all connected. Right. Um, it's not, it's not totally Pulp Fiction, but it does feel like, um, cause there are these long stretches where it's like here, you know, here is, um, Josh Brolin's character kind of like he's hunting and he's coming upon this scene. Right. And now here's, you know, Javier Bardem, he's being arrested in one thing and here's the, the sheriff and they're all like doing these separate things. And, um, and you're just like these longer scenes that you're just like, you know, kind of what's going on. But Javier Bardem is in his, in his role as Anton Chigurh, is probably one of the most profoundly intense and creepy and stressful. (laughs) So the, the scene where he goes into the gas station, call it friendo. 
<laughs> that scene <laughs> where where the gas station attendant is just like I don't know if I've been more stressed out yeah, watching a scene bad. in the movie <laughs> with such low like it's just it, the conversation I felt immediately for that guy because yeah. he's like what what's what's going on? I don't understand. What do I stand to lose? Well, he's like everything. everything. <laughs> um, and but the you know he's like, when do you close? What time do you normally go to bed? It's like <laughs> the, these so questions. Terrifying. It's so. T- it's like, is that your house out back? Yeah. Did so you inherited the like the the <clears throat> line of questioning? Yeah. Is so unsettling. Yeah, I found myself so uncomfortable. Right, and it was so beautifully and perfectly acted. Yeah, every scene Javier Bardem is just perfect. Yeah, and his eyes do so much. Yeah, totally. In every scene, he's so good. <laughs> he's so creepy and good. The scene where he's uh, strangling the dude. Yeah. And his eyes just go bug-eyed, and you're just like, oh, this is a demon. <laughs> that was the beginning of the film. Yeah. <laughs> and you're just like, holy shit. Yeah. Yeah, that's... So, it's a Cormac McCarthy book, which I don't know how much Cormac McCarthy you've read. But um, approximately none. Okay, I think you'd be into him as well. But, like, yeah. When Andrew <laughs> told me that he watched those two movies this week, I said... Population or Bleaksville, population you. Yeah. Like Cormac McCarthy, bleak dude, but very profound. Colin Brothers often quite bleak, but profound. But so Cormac McCarthy times Colin Brothers is just like there's a lot to wrestle with in that movie. I think it's about nihilism and the sometimes seemingly meaninglessness of life or the chaos of life. Um, yeah. Whether or not Anton Chigurh is some sort of supernatural presence, even like, does he represent death or chaos or so? He's anyway, there's a lot to wrestle with. He's definitely chaos. Yeah. The end of the movie, um, where he's driving yeah. and, but that part where he looks in the rear view mirror mm-hmm. and he sees the kids and my thought was, he's going to stop the car. Right. He's going to do a flip of the coin with the kids or something. He's going to yeah. do something chaotic and just disrupt these kids just riding their bikes. Right. Like, And even when he had his bone sticking out of his arm, <laughs> yeah. I wasn't on, I was not certain right. how that scene was going to play out. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, I guess that's how chaos is. You just don't know how chaos plays out. Right. Yeah. And, and I think the question is, how do you respond to that chaos? So, like, I think Carla Jean, the Kelly McDonald character, yeah. is she's the hero of the movie. And at the end of the, well, spoilers for a twelve-year-old movie, but like at the end of the movie, you're you're it's left ambiguous what happens to her. But like, right. pretty sure she's killed. <laughs> and yeah. She's kind of the only one who refuses to play his game of right. like the chances. And so I think what I take from that is like if you stand up to the forces of the world for your values and what you believe, it may not get you um, worldly, you know, fame. 
or like, you know, measurable, whatever wealth or success, but like that is ultimately the character who, you know, quote unquote stands to gain the most because she stands up for what she believes. She's a positive force around this negativity. So sometimes that costs you your life, but that's the way that standing up for what you believe in goes sometimes. And Well, I anyway. mean, that also sort of foreshadows the beginning of the movie where Josh Brolin's character gets out of bed to do the right thing and right. bring the gallon of water right, right, to that right. guy in the truck. It's complicated. Yeah, he's like, I didn't have any water, but I know he needed water. Right. I guess we'll go bring him water. Yeah. And that sets off this whole chain of right. events that leads yeah. to the whole movie being chaos, you know? Totally. So trying to do the right thing and, you know, it's, yeah, it's, man, it's it's <laughs> such an intense movie. It's a good movie. Love those Coen brothers. Yeah. Um, Barton Fink is probably my favorite Coen brothers movie, which is like probably not a popular opinion, but maybe popular among um, writerly types who love the Coen Brothers. Yeah, um, I've I don't know what that movie is. It's a metaphor about a writer meeting Satan, sort of. <laughs> uh, another one that I recommend. But yeah, I did to prepare for this a little bit. Just kind of um, put down some notes about some of the movies of the last year that I really liked a okay. lot. Because um, the idea of just talking movies broadly is overwhelming to me. <laughs> so kind of like we did our favorite records of the year. Yeah. I don't know if this is my definitive favorite movies of the year, but these are some of the movies that I was impacted by the most. So maybe I'll okay. go through those briefly, Head but um, Roma is probably my favorite movie of 2018. Um, it's on Netflix, but I also, I waited to see it in 70 millimeter at the music box theater here in Chicago. And my mind was kind of blown by it. It's really beautiful visually. It's in black and white there are all these huge panoramic and wide shots and long tracking shots and shots that go like 360 with the camera around the whole room. And it's about classism and sexism and racism and war without focusing explicitly on those. Instead, it's like this very intimate story of one person. Um, so that movie kind of blew me away. First Reformed is another one. Have you? No. This I You would like this movie. I think. First Reformed? Yeah. I think a lot of our listeners would like this movie too. It definitely explores really interesting questions of faith, including kind of mainline versus evangelical, the future of the church, your calling, what to do as a person of faith and as an activist, um, kind of in the context of 21st century when we're faced with what we're faced with right now. Um, so it's about this, it's written and directed by um, Paul Schrader, who did, he wrote like Taxi Driver and a lot of well-known movies kind of about these like struggling men facing like the big questions of life. Um, but this one is about a pastor of a reformed church where like nobody goes, but this big mega church kind of buys them out to pay their bills and kind of keep them afloat. And a lot of the movie is these meetings between the pastor of the Reformed Church and the pastor of the megachurch kind of hashing out, like, what does church mean? What does a life of faith mean? And it's very dark, um, but it's also kind of surreal and transcendent. So anyway, really interesting movie. Um, is this, um, this has... Ethan Hawke is the main dude. Okay. 
Um, anyway, that that is an interesting one. Um, speaking of Ex Machina, uh, Alex Garland, who's the writer director of that, also did Annihilation this year, hmm. um, which I also think you should check out. <laughs> it's a uh, it's I got so wrapped up in this movie that I ended up reading the trilogy of books that it's based on. Um, it's called the Southern Reach trilogy, but it's very trippy. It's about these female scientists that go exploring this un- oh, unexplained uh, area. Yeah, I think I I did see a trailer for that. That was yeah. uh, Natalie, Natalie Portman, Portman Jennifer yeah. Jason Lee. Yep, good cast. It's yeah. worth checking Oscar, out. Oscar Isaac, of course. He's he's he, the dude. Does he have to be in every Alex Carlin movie? He's in every good movie. <laughs> um, that's he's, not true, but he's okay, got a great so track I, record of movies I, I love. Can I just um, say, interrupt for a second, yes. to talk about um, Oscar Isaac in Ex Machina? Yeah. Because not dissimilar to Javier Bardem, you're just like, I don't know what this dude's deal is. Right. You're just like... I mean, you know Javier Bardem is a bad guy. Right. But the way uh the way Oscar Isaac plays the character in Ex Machina, you're just like I found myself super unsettled totally the entire time. Yeah. They both play these characters of intensity right. so well. Yeah. Yeah, and that came just after Oscar Isaac starred in the Coen brothers, uh, inside Lewin Davis, which is like those two characters could not be more different. And yet he's the same person somehow who plays them. Um, yeah. So annihilation, um, it's kind of sort of weird fiction, sort of sci-fi sort of philosophy. Um, I ultimately kind of thought the book's exploration of those themes was a little more interesting, but the last 10 minutes of this movie are, unlike anything I've seen in the movies for a while. Um, and it's got this great synthy score by Jeff Barrow from the band Portishead and uh, Ben Salisbury. Uh, I'm going to name one more movie, then I'll be done. But Mandy, have you heard of this? Um, Barry Manilow? <laughs> no, but you need to look this one up too. Uh, it's written and directed by Panos Cosmatos, who did uh, Beyond the Black Rainbow also. Nicholas Cage. It stars Nicholas Cage, but... If you have an idea of what Not that might... Not the bees! It's very different from that. <laughs> um, but it's also, like, it's this weird hallucinogenic... i steal the United States Constitution. <laughs> so put all those Nicolas Cages... <laughs> okay. Like, it's not like he... It's just a very different performance for him. Okay. But it's also insane and over the top, so in keeping with him... Can, it's like, can, is, does he have any other level? Is he, <laughs> well, does he I will operate say, at any other place he, than like... He mostly is pretty reserved in this movie. He's mostly quiet. He doesn't have many lines. Okay. But the movie around him is Nicolas Cage level nuts. It's like hallucinogenic. There's these insane neon visuals. It's not silly, but it's like super stylized. It's about this cult and revenge. And that's kind of all I'll say, but... I watched this super late one Friday night, which is like the perfect time to do it because it's like just so nuts. Um, it's also one of the last scores by Johan Johansson, who died last year, and he was a composer whose work I really liked. He scored Arrival movie and Sicario. Um, anyway, he did this great 80s-inspired score for it. So those are kind of the movies that did the most for me last year. Um, 
Let us know yours. <laughs> yeah, let us know what you're watching. Yeah, because we we had talked about this off pod, but as of yesterday, you hadn't watched Bird Box yet. I still haven't. I want to. Yeah, that's that's super surprising considering your uh, proclivity towards horror scary movies stuff. and scary stuff. It's not for lack of desire. It's lack of uh, time and Venn diagram of movies that my wife and I want to watch. Yeah. <laughs> not we, a lot of overlap. <laughs> uh, yeah. Dana and I, uh, she would not watch either Ex Machina or No Country for Old Men. <laughs> not surprising. No, she would like me just describing Javier Bardem. She's like <laughs> having none of it. Yeah. I saw both of those movies in the theater by myself. <laughs> Just the way to do it. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I did watch a documentary about white supremacy the other oh, day, too. What was that? Um, it was by a Norwegian Muslim, huh. uh, f- let's see, what was, um, it, okay, right. it's called White, yeah, it's called White Right, um, Meeting the Enemy. Diakon. Yeah. Um yeah. This came out a couple years ago, and it's a very different approach. So she's an Emmy and Peabody Award-winning filmmaker, and what she does as a Muslim woman and filmmaker is she goes and sits down with white supremacists and white nationalists and people who want an ethnostate, and she has conversations with them about their ideology and kind of just like getting a chance to know them and hear about them. And it's some of these people who are marching against like the, even the existence of her living in the United States in, in many ways become friends with her and like her and soften their feelings about like there's one guy who ends up like resigning from a position that he's holding because he's like, I care and like, and respect you too much. And I was thinking like, he's like, I, you're my friend and I couldn't see this happening to you. And, and when she reads things that people like comment to her, these guys kind of bristle. They're like, I don't like hearing people say that to you. Mm. And one guy's like, you're the first Muslim I've ever met. Mm. And, and she just stays super calm and respectful in the face of this super violent rhetoric, you know? And it's it's amazing. It's really amazing. It sounds so, really cool. Yeah, so it's called White Right Meeting the Enemy. And it's only, it's less than an hour. And uh, it's pretty intense stuff. Reminds she was me. actually in Charlottesville. Oh, wow. The Marching with wow. the white supremacists. Like while she was doing the movie. Yeah, wow. doing the film and just like, not too far away, mm. Heather Heyer is mowed down by a car. Wow. Yeah, speaking of 2018 movies, uh, Black Klansman ends, the Spike Lee movie, ends yeah. with this actual footage from Charlottesville. It's just like, whew, really yeah. knocks you out. 
Um, I was going to say that white rights reminded me of um, Abigail Disney, who's like a descendant of Walt Disney, but mm-hmm. she's a documentarian now, and she made this movie Armor of Light a few years ago. Okay. But her style is pretty similar to what you were saying um, about white right, where it's like that movie specifically, Armor of Light, was about her interviewing evangelicals on the topic of gun violence, and she like grew to have real relationships with a lot of these people. Anyway, interesting yeah. stuff. She's, um, evidently she's still friends with some of these people. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's intense stuff, man. Like you watch this and, and you hear some of these things and you're just like, yeah, I mean, young, white, disenfranchised men. Right. Who feel <laughs> lonely, yeah. misunderstood, um, abused, uh, powerless, uh, no opportunities. Yeah. And here is something that gives them all of those things. Right. Yeah. Um, and these, some of these white nationalist guys, one guy says that he's set up in Detroit for those specific reasons because wow. it's a great recruiting because of those reasons that people yeah. feel disenfranchised and, and, you know, forgotten. And, yeah. and it's like, Jeez. they're actually going after these people because they're like, you're exactly who we're, right. we're looking for. Hmm. So it's a fucked up thing. Um, but she's doing some really powerful work and, um, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing stuff. So yeah. anyway, um, well, we, we've talked a lot. We've talked a lot <laughs> and we have your talk tumble down. So this might be our longest episode ever. Um, or it might end up being, you know, some Patreon. who knows, yeah. but, um, go take a break. When we come back, we're going to be talking empty bottle mm. and, uh, this bottle goes down easy, my bro. <laughs> Word. Yeehaw! Yee motherfucking ha. <laughs> We're back. Yeah, we are. We are talking TD. Yep. Episode two of Talking TD. Yeah, man. But not the final one. Not the final. We're so we're talking empty bottle. Yep. Um, this bottle's getting more empty. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Just clinkety clink. <laughs> uh, so this so this album has some great artwork. So it's it has it's not the. Uh, it it does feel more like a beer like a beer whiskey ad because yeah. the the cover has that them holding the bottle, bottle and yeah and it you know it says empty bottle on it and um I think that it's really a really cool cover I do still really like that that skull. The illustration, uh, the illustration yeah. of the skull, of the first record. I miss the vibe of the and the EP too. Like I like that vibe more than just the photo. But you mean like the the sort of like the tattoo art yeah, style? I just love the yeah the tumble down illustration vibe. Yeah, I'm into it as well. Um, what 
what are your overall thoughts thoughts in terms of like going into like give me give me your general takeaway from from this record versus the first tumble down full length i definitely prefer the first tumble down same full length same um i still like this but the whole thing feels a little slicker and poppier than the first record they there's some great additional instrumentation on this record mm-hmm. that I really like. Yeah. Um, the, it's got some steel guitar, like a pedal steel. Yeah, it does. Uh, got we'll some there. like blues harmonica yeah, it does. going, got some cello, mm-hmm. um, some mandolin, mm-hmm. you know, there's some great instrument, uh, additional instrumentation on this record yeah. that I'm into. Agreed. Um, I don't think anything on this record reaches the high of the first record. Agreed. I'm with you. You know, Secondhand High or The Butcher of San Antonio. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's, it doesn't, you know, even or even Let's Drink or Break Out of History or Moving On. There's nothing on this record yeah. that gets me as like high or excited. I agree. I mean, the self-titled record feels very country, and it has like this jangly guitar, and there's those, those wall-to-wall solos, and it feels a little more darker. There's more barn burners. This one is a little. I don't want. It's not quite at this level, but it feels a little more like an arena rock style version of Tumble Down. <laughs> like it's much more straight-ahead rock generally, I'd say, than the first record. And I don't want to give anything away, but I feel like you might be surprised by what my number one is because it's like the most like that. Interesting. And I said I was super into how country sort of the first record is, but I can't deny how great that song is. So I don't mind the shift, but it's definitely I prefer them staying in the kind of dirtier country realm. I'm here for... Fucking bar brawling, yeah. M- uh, Mike and um, dirty. Yeah. I like the dirty. Right. This one's not quite as it's dirty and this is crawling around in the beer on the floor. No, no. There's, you know, this is definitely, you know, going from some sort of uh, shitty roadhouse to. <laughs> Playing the House of Blues. Yeah, it's a classier establishment. Yeah. Uh, we should say, though, that like the first record, this one is produced and engineered by Mike, but mixed and mastered by Stephen Edgerton. Uh, also on the End Sounds label again. Um, this is the same year that the Arthur Full Length came out, and I feel mm-hmm. like this is kind of, it's kind of similar almost in terms of what happened with Arthur. Like this is kind of a more polished version of the band, I would say. Um, but yeah, anyway, we'll, we'll get into it. It's still, uh, got Mike and Jack yep. and yep. the Trotlin bros. Trotlin bros. Hold on that rhythm section. Yeah. Uh, and it's also, uh, Jared Scott taking those photos. That's right. Uh, it's got some, you know, Mike is rocking those, that sleeveless vest. This <laughs> yeah, is, yes. this is the, like sleeveless vest era of Mike. Mm-hmm. Um, 
looking good. But mm-hmm. he, he looks good. He's pulling it off. He's got the chops. Uh, Not I'm everybody can it. pull that off. No, no. He he can. He can do anything he damn well pleases. That's probably what I'm going to wear to the shows. You're going <laughs> to sleeveless vest. vest with nothing under it. <laughs> Dude, and are you gonna sh- gonna shave that beard into some sick ass chops? Yes, I thought you were gonna say you're gonna shave your chest hair. <laughs> you gonna shave- That's gonna be on full display. <laughs> just, um, you just need to have like a landing strip, just like just Gross. a big strip right mm, down, yeah. right down to the happy trail. Everybody wants that. <laughs> <laughs> well, somebody's somebody's got to compensate for all the facial hair on this on this podcast. You're. You're pulling pulling all the facial hair weight. Yep. <laughs> That's what I always say about myself. <laughs> because, spoiler alert, <coughs> I can't grow facial hair. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a sad day. You should draw some chops on for the shows. That would be a disaster. <laughs> uh, shall we listen to some it. tune skis? Yeah. Let's, let's uh, start with... Places in this town. Waking out my sense, stumbling down the tracks, thinking of tomorrow like a monkey on my back. The summer sun is cooking, smells like something died. Bitch on. <laughs> I was gonna say, shout out to the line, change is coming faster than the thief before the dawn, which is kind of a little scripture yeah. reference. Thief by, in the night. Yeah. I'm ready and willing, so bring that bad bitch on. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, yeah. It's quite the line. Yeah, yeah. It's uh you know, there's I feel like two thousand ten was the the year in which Mike was like <laughs> IDGAF. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah. You know, he's. There are some other songs on here. There's one song in particular on this record where he's just like, mm-hmm. "You want to know what I'm what I'm about? Here it is." Yep. But uh, this is my number three. Okay. Um, I like it. I think it's fun. Yeah. It doesn't um, hit me. Doesn't float. The same. Doesn't float the penis. Well, it's it's up there a little bit, but yeah. Not as high as the first record. No, it's yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's a good song. I think it has you know the the. Yeah, it's a great solo. I like I like that little section there. Um, I also like that it starts off pretty immediately yeah um it doesn't it doesn't fuck around um but you're right the the opening of let's drink 
it it doesn't have let's drink is not as slick of a sounding song right um i don't know yeah it's still it's still a i think a, one of the most solid songs yeah on the record but anything, I don't else, have anything else to say all right well let's uh let's empty this bottle bro <laughs> Kept it on there to hear those delicious Dude, walking bass lines. Yeah, it sounds bass great. sounds great in this song. Yep. Yeah, this one's super fun. It's a fun kind of like sing-along style song. This would be a great one to, you know, shout the chorus along to. Yeah, super fun. The bass in this song so just sounds great. Yeah, it kind of makes it for me. And yeah. I love the drop out there with the like, yeah, the like, uh, yeah, this one, it kind of, it's a little more on the, on the vibe of the first record a bit, but, yeah. uh, no solo in this one. It's a little weird. Yeah, there's, uh, what's, what's, um, What are the are, are they called brushes? The on the drums? Yeah, because it's they're not like yeah. sticks. Yeah, I think that's brushes. But like, it, but it gives that like more yes, like the the driving, sort of the driving drum sound. Totally. That you're like the windows are down on a summer day and you're just like cruising. You're totally. Just, yeah, I think they make great use of brushes on drums in the band. There's a. When we get to the Atlantic City EP, there's a song I really like that I feel like the dresses, the dresses, the dresses. I've had some whiskey. <laughs> um, the brushes really kind of like make yeah. it for me. So yeah. anyway, it's a good one. It's a good song. Um, and then I know where this song lands. <laughs> Running from 
number two. My number one. Your number one. Yeah. So we're just flipped on those two. Yeah. And I think I even kind of had it how you had it for a while. And I was like, I don't know if I can let this one be my number one. Like, when those, like, opening chunky chords come yeah. in, it's like, dun, 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 dun. I'm like, oh, boy. Are we back in, like, <laughs> my Sharona territory here? But, like, uh, by the time that riff comes in, the dun, 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 I'm like, okay. And then the chorus. When Louis, when Louis D comes in. Your boy, Louis D. Fabrizio. <laughs> comes in on that chorus. We meet the devil at the crossroads. Devil at the crossroads. Like, if he wasn't singing backup, this probably wouldn't be my number one. <laughs> but he, like, yeah. takes it to another level. Yeah. I mean, the chorus makes it for me. It's uh, it's a much poppier sound than anything else yeah. they've done. Is that a um, is that just a regular bass on that song? It, I think it might be. Yeah, I feel like usually when I see him playing live stuff, that I'm like, oh, <coughs> maybe they brought out an electric for this one. He's usually got the upright, but this sound it doesn't sound very uprighty. Yeah. Um, but you know what does sound great is the organ in this one. Yeah, I'm I'm, just, I'm looking into it. I'm looking on this to try and find out who plays because I'm seeing mandolin, I'm seeing cello, yeah, I'm seeing steel guitar, I'm seeing who plays the fucking organ on this because it sounds fucking sick. It does. The addition of the organ and kind of the vibe of the chorus sort of reminds me of like the hold steady, that vibe where it's mm-hmm. like interesting. This like. It's poppy, but it's like this bar band, and just yeah. like I'm just into it. Yeah. Um, there's no solo on this one either, but I mean, it's... I think the riffage of the yeah. of that like the chorus is enough to be. Yeah. It sounds fucking tight. It's just one of those songs that like, yeah, I kind of resisted making it my number one, but yeah, I just it... I can't deny how. Hooky and great it yeah, is. Yeah, it moved up for me too. Yeah, yeah, it's like this could be a single on the radio for sure, and this wasn't one of the singles from the record. But but I also like the incorporating the devil, the crossroads. Oh, it's so cool. Sort of like that that kind of iconic right um, blues uh-huh. country. It's like the Robert Johnson thing. Robert right? Johnson, yeah. you know, selling your soul to. Um, you know, be able to play your guitar or whatever. Right. So, uh, yeah, I'm into I, that. Yeah, I'm that into feels that. tumble down, even if the music isn't exactly the yeah. tumble down we've known and loved. Yeah, but it also the, it's not like an it's not like it's MXPX, like it's something else. This is so. hard. This is like so not MXPX. Yeah, this is kind of back in that like petty influenced yeah. territory. Yeah, bit. there are, there are some petty influences. Um. I would even say places in this town yeah, has has some petty. Um, the chord progressions kind of feel yeah, kind of petty, or uh, "Ever Passing Moment," our least favorite album. Yep, um, it sucks. But <laughs> on to "Arrested in El Paso Blues," which is hella tumble down.
sick sounding guitar solo. <laughs> this one definitely has a solo. <laughs> yeah. Um, I really like it, but I want it a little dirtier and a little more country. Like, it just, again, feels... I would have liked to have heard a more of a, like, like, that kind of version of this, you know? But... That the truth. Well, so here, here's this song is a barn burner. It's it would probably be a crowd pleaser. Oh yeah, because it's it's fast. Yeah. It's two and a half minutes. It's got shit loads of shredding in it. Yep. Um. But it also just feels too close to home for our time. Yes. Where you're just like. The to 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 sing a song about like fucking the authorities can do whatever they want. Right. They can take your shit, and you got to be careful of you yeah. know the U.S. Border Patrol because they'll fuck you up with right. you know. And just like uh, it, just at the same time that it's a fucking rad song, it's yeah. also at the, I I I hold at the same time that the reality. It's totally. a bummer. I mean, eight years ago was a little different. Nine years ago, I guess. But like, so did you know this was a true story? Like, this really happened to them? I mean, I I assumed. Yeah. But I mean, is the putting a bullet in their head well, part? Perhaps not. I was gonna say that's what makes it maybe a little questionable. Almost is like, so yeah. So they were arrested and questioned by the border patrol for being in a big van by the border. Like, that's probably the kind of thing that gets you flagged. Yeah. But, like, they probably were also like, damn, this is going to make a great song. You know, yeah. like, it's like it gives them some country cred or something. Right. Um, but, yeah, it's, like, it is true that they barely made it to the next stop, and they got arrested, and, you know, they threw all their, he says, the like, green. booze and drugs or whatever he says. Yeah, so. throw out the drugs and the booze. <laughs> yeah. They, so. they took our green, they <laughs> took our dough. So I'm assuming they had some weed and I'm assuming. probably they just took their money. Well, he says like they laid all the stuff out in the room and then I assume they got everything back, but the paraphernalia, but, but the drugs and then yeah. the booze. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's still fun. Did you watch the video for this? Yeah. So this was directed by Chris Crary and Mark Nashif, who you may remember did Gimme Christmas, <laughs> um, seemingly quite a bit bigger Diamonds. budget here yes yeah the, well i mean looks bigger budget i don't know they're like in a they're junkyard gear at least <laughs> yeah but it like, looks nicer the junkyard looks cool as hell i'm into <laughs> it, does. it it's a fun video it is fun video rocking out on top of a yeah of a car, right? there's know. like fire going yeah it's pretty <laughs> like it's it. pretty sweet yeah it's fun i mean yeah i i still i still feel like we're on record for uh Doing a rebooted version of Gimme Christmas. I think it needs to happen. With a higher. Yeah. Like. And at the time I said, Brian Bouchel needs to get in there. Yeah. Perhaps I should not have dogged the creators, but perhaps they were limited in their uh, gear at the time. And perhaps. But... I think it's time for a, a revisit to a visual approach to Gimme Christmas. Yes. Um, 
on the great big world. one started i was like that's more like it like this feels this is a, a great song country yeah this is um, probably this is probably my number four it's it's a contender for me for sure yeah it's a so do, do we only have two of your songs yeah same with you right no i oh. have uh empty bottle meet the devil and places in the town that's right i forgot wait my, places my first, is number three. First three songs yeah okay yeah um yeah, we won't get to my number three for a while, but I think I always, it's always a little jarring when it's like this very strong country sound, and it's like Seattle right away. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, oh, Seattle. Oh, Seattle. I'm like, oh, okay. I mean, he shouts out Dallas pretty quickly after <laughs> yeah. that. And this also made me wonder, like, is this about moving to Waco? I feel I like think... the whole record kind of has the, like, tension between, like, being from Bremerton, moving to Dallas. Bro. Or... Austin, uh, Texas uh, area. Waco, yeah. Bro, some of these songs, <laughs> if you listened to the Holly episode, okay. some of these songs... I need to listen. Especially... The this she's song. in Texas, yeah. yeah for this sure. song... I jumped, figured... It jumped out at me so much. Yeah. I want to say... <laughs> sorry. I'm going to say a little bit more about Great Big World before we move on to that. But yes, I figured that was like, you know, Holly's from Texas, whatever. Um, but just that uh, the harmonica sounds great in Great Big World, as we had shouted out before. Um, plenty of solos in this one. I think the harmonica comes toward the end, right? Man. You watch the video for this one. I only, I only thought that uh, it's kind of just. El Paso. This was like mostly performance and live footage. Oh yes, that I yeah. did. Yes, it, it was yes. also directed by Chris Crary, who was the co-director of the um, Rested in El Paso video. There's a solo earlier, but it's... Um, anyway, I just... I'm into the harmonica edition. Wherever it is. I have no fucking clue. <laughs> it's in the song somewhere. Yeah, it is. Just it sounds it. great. Um, I didn't put down the timestamp. There you go. 
So they're so in so Bremerton. <laughs> New they're in New Orleans. Yeah. They're in Texas. They're all over the goddamn place. Yep. There's a lot going on. Yep. So into oh let's let's shout out um, our boy uh, who did the harmonica. Who was Harmonica Anderson? Uh, Cheban Tiger. Yeah, that's a cool name. Is uh, that am I am I pronouncing that first name right? Uh, Cheban. Cheban. I don't know. I, I don't just know. want my last name to be Tiger now. Yeah. Uh, for, I'm assuming New Old Stock is a band. I would assume. Um, it's kind of thing I should have looked up. Yep. That's uh, par for the course. But our boy Louis D uh, from Gasoline Heart, mm-hmm. crushing it. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, let's move on to She's in Texas and I'm Insane. song it's a you know what i really like these some of the like these songs are so they're very short songs that's like right. so many of these are under three minutes long i like it and get in get out you're you're looking at uh 238 246 302 228 you know this one is 224 they don't ever stay there welcome oh man um yeah, this is kind of a continuation of the last song, as you were saying, um, thematically. Yeah. Uh, but, so you need to listen to the Holly Up. Okay. Mike Carrera, Mr. Mister Steal Your Girl, uh, <laughs> uh, met Holly at an MXPX show. Right. And remembered her a year a year later, I think it was. And, but she had different hair and he still remembered her and she had a boyfriend Mm. for a long time (laughs) and they got engaged Uh and she couldn't let him go. Yeah. Few can resist the mic. Yeah, man. Mr. Steal Your Girl. (laughs) Yeah. Like, watch out. I mean. Then this guy was an MXPX fan. Oof. Let's get him on the pod. <laughs> <laughs> this it's it's the most insane story. I gotta so listen. if you guys haven't listened to the most recent Mike Rare podcast where he has Holly on, 
do yourself a favor and listen because, oh my God, it's such a great, it's such a great story. It sounds, it's absolutely insane. I mean, like she's in Texas and I'm insane. <laughs> uh, this guy who's just like, they're just, he was, they, they're just kids that were like so connected to each other. Yeah. It's, it's, it's bananas, but. What if he breaks up our relationship? What, what if, if he wants to take one of us with him to Waco? <laughs> um, bro, I'm, I'd have to go. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Just like, if, have a nice if, life. if Mike, if Mike was like, can't get you out of my head. I'm insane. <laughs> he's like, John, you know, like you show up late everywhere, but you know, <laughs> but I'm a big fan, Mike. <laughs> it's like, if you, if you weren't, if you were more punctual, bro. Uh, yep. Be show up for these shows at like four o'clock. But, but the, also, also the thing with uh, this most recent pod is that it's sort of like you know we have this like thing about like oh Mike he's like <laughs> so amazing, but then like Tom C and Holly are just like shitting on him. <laughs> not like shitting on him, but just like if he's if he's not asking for help, then he's probably fucking something up. Um, but I don't know. It's just like, oh man, he just seems like a, just a regular dude. Yeah. And, but also, as I had mentioned on Twitter, uh, this hot sauce thing. (laughs) Yeah. I meant to mention this. He's so like Legionnaire had like put out some, at some point put out like, um, they were going to put out this like small run of hot sauce <laughs> and Mike loved it so much. He bought, it was like 200 bottles. He bought 150 of them <laughs> and he's coming to the end of his stash of it. Okay. And, and I'm, th- I'm saying like, if it's 150 bottles good, like they've got to do something to... Uh, get this shit back in production because I put so shout out to Texas um, because uh, I'm a fan of the Yellow Bird hot sauce mm-hmm. and Yellow Bird is a hot sauce that's made in uh, I believe it's made in Austin. Okay. Um. And it's delicious, but uh, I'm I put hot sauce on every goddamn thing, <laughs> and so I had tweeted at at Mike that he's uh he's got to get back yeah, <laughs> and and he said this has been percolating for some time now that he's gonna that they've been thinking about it yeah. And Slick Shoes tweeted at us. Oh, really? And said that we've had it and we agree. More hot sauce, please. All right. So. Well, we pitched him a lot of <laughs> pun-based names. We for did. Hot sauce. So you wanna you he wanna hasn't. throw wanna throw your uh, some <laughs> you, what you what you said? I guess I said pepper my house be there. I said let it habanero. Uh, chili magnet. Chili magnet. 
Um, I said, you're Poblano, my emergency. <laughs> that was a solid one. I meant to tell you that. But I think you ended in the best place. Oh, oh the, the spice scale? Yes. Okay, so the hot sauces would have a scale. So starting with, I'm okay, you're okay. Mm-hmm. Just like the most mild of hot sauces. <laughs> and then the struggle. <laughs> then kicking and screaming. Sure. Then, so kill me. Finally, <coughs> waiting for the world to end. I think you nailed it. So if you can come up with five kinds of hot sauce, then we're in good shape. <laughs> well, we already have pepper, my house be there, let habanero, chili magnet, um, your poblano, my emergency. Yeah, those are free to use, Mike. Just go yeah. for it. Uh, he didn't respond to any of those. <laughs> uh, he, he tweeted. He literally just tweeted at me right this second. Oh, really? <laughs> what he, he says. Say? He says. Um, in replying to us and Slick Shoes, I'm trying to acquire a hot sauce factory as we tweet. <laughs> oh, man, that guy. He's always doing yeah. a lot of things. Yep. <laughs> hot sauce factory. Um, oh, Mike. No, but, like, this is one of the reasons I tweeted this, because this seems this seems not unlike something that Mike would get down with. <laughs> yeah, sure. He's I'll like hot sauce. fucking makes get down with some wine. Yeah. yeah, make some beer. Fucking of course, you know. Just like he did a cl- he already did a clothing company. It's all about it's all about the food right now. It's all like it's one of the things about hot sauce is that all of the ingredients that you need are relatively cheap. Right. It's it's one of the products that would uh, make. Multiple purchases. So people will come back and buy more and more and more. Unlike an apparel company or, you know, you know, something like wine, which is more expensive and has like legal stuff with like shipping to certain states. Hot sauce. Good to go. Like 10 or 12 bucks a bottle or something. That would be you a fun know. app, us putting hot sauce on various things. Oh, God, and... I love hot sauce so much. So what's your deal? Are you a... Uh, I'm are pro you, hot sauce. You're pro hot sauce? I don't know if I could hang with, you know, probably I'd stay at the struggle and not move on. I don't know. You So you, would, you wouldn't want to... You wouldn't get to kicking and screaming? I doubt it. No? I'm not a... Yeah. I uh, like I like hot sauce a lot. I'm not a big, like, it's so spicy, you're going to lose your fucking mind kind of <laughs> hot sauce, but... Um, so... Are you, uh, have you ever, uh, watched Hot Ones? I don't think so. You haven't? Well. Okay. I'll give you Three Amigos and I'll watch Hot Ones. Okay. Hot Ones is not a movie. I didn't think so. It is a YouTube show, um, where, uh, Sean Evans, the host, interviews celebrities, athletes, musicians, um, Actors, people of interest, uh-huh. and has Mike been on? He is not, but he interviews people, and they eat ten increasingly spicy hot wings. <laughs> That's, That's good. Hook. So they start out with something really mild and basic. Weird and Al did one. What's that? Weird Al did one. He did. He was the end of the last season. Um, and the beginning of the next new season starts next week. With the much anticipated, much asked for, Gordon Ramsay. Okay, he has been the, one of the most requested people 
This looks really fun. Yeah. They have a lot of fun guests. Yes, they do. So uh, if you haven't watched Hot Ones, just go uh, on YouTube and just binge episodes of people suffering. The Key and Peel episode is amazing. Nice. Um, there's, there are, there are just, there are so many, um, amazing interviews and he's, and their team asks outstanding deep cut questions. Nice. And while people are like sweating and crying and stuff. Yeah. But they're like, people are like, how did you know that? That's, that's that's a great people who are like consistently, that's a really great question. That's cool. Um, and so it's not just, it's not just like. Your standard bullshit questions. Yeah. So. I'll check it out. Mike, give us the goddamn hot sauce. <laughs> yeah, where, where's the hot sauce? We're, we're about it. We will run your factory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm, I was, I've been thinking about, like, should I bring Mike some uh, Chicago hot sauce? Yeah, why not? We should bring, bring him some local stuff. Sounds great. And see, what he, see if he's into it, since he's a hot sauce guy. I you should, know. I should, I'll tweet at him and ask him what style the hot sauce is in. That sounds good. Um... I feel like a tumble down theme hot sauce makes perfect sense. Yeah, it'd have to be the pepper of San Antonio. <laughs> um, it'd have to be oh, it ha- oh, the devil, meet the devil. Oh, um, that'd be great. That's a great name. Like the, it'd have to have like a ghost pepper. Yeah, or something. Uh-huh. Uh, or the Maruga scorpion, or just something like sounds right. Something fucking horrible. <laughs> um. Dead Man Walking would be oh, another. Oh, that's a good name. No, these are all great names. <laughs> I should say. Bad News. Yeah. It's, is it, see, Tumble Down is on the hot sauce. <laughs> they should also do a whiskey, obviously. Yeah. Um, Didn't they? Did they? Maybe they did. I bet they did. Well, what do I know? I don't know anything. Uh, fucking, we missed it. We don't know anything, <laughs> goddammit. Uh, I sh- wanted to shout out uh, Chiban Tiger is, in fact, uh, the lead vocalist and guitarist of, and harmonica player, obviously, of the new Old Stock. Which also features Jack Parker and the Trotlin Brothers. Oh, so wow. Go check them out. I, you know, so we listened to Drag the River. Yeah. And I failed to listen to any of these other bands. Oh, shit, this one. Because fucking. <laughs> these fading jeans Ooh. have seen Love some it. better days. On my way. Hot sauce from God. that guy. Oh man, it's so it's yeah. Fucking see, nothing good. on this record gets to that level. It doesn't get to son of a gun level. No. But let's uh, let's move on to Saint Peter. song doesn't do much for me i have okay in my notes <laughs> yeah it's yeah it just seems i don't know it's probably one of the 
songs on the record. Mo- probably the least favorite. Agreed. Thousand now, more times. This song I'm into. I am as well. I'm a quit drinking a thousand more times just to make sure that I get it right. Stuck on this stage, stuck in this life, while my darling's out there tonight. Drinking, gambling, gambling, brawling, and cursing, picking yep. my guitar and such. And get that tattooed on my neck. Yeah. This um, this is the song I was referring to earlier where it's like, <laughs> guess what, guys? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> drinking, gambling, gambling, gambling. Gambling. Just drinking and gambling, brothers. <laughs> drinking, gambling, brawling, and cursing. Uh, whoever that character was just Eat- now, I think should... <laughs> Reemerge, gambling, drinking and gambling, just drinking and gambling. That's the prospector. Just bring me my, just bring me my whiskey. I'm gonna start gambling. Tumble down, prospector. It's my <laughs> fave character. Where's my gold? Um, yeah, I'm into this as a ballad. It's not on Son of a Gun level, so like, no. if you're gonna come with that ballad, gotta make it a little better. But I like it a lot. It's yeah, good. it's because it's got that. Uh, Mandolin sounds great. Drinking and gambling. Yep. Yep. I got nothing else to say about this. Uh, Oof. Dead Man Walking is a great hot sauce name. Yes. It's, a, it's a foot stumper. That, the bass line so good. Following the guitar. Is it? Oh wow! It's the uh, also the uh, shortest song on the album. Yeah, 
punk style, baby. Well, I mean, I guess tech. I mean, if you don't include not hungover, not hungover it's kind of a bonus track. It, it feels the one of the reasons I make it, it feels like a bonus track is because uh, because of the brevity and the recording yeah. quality. Yeah, we'll get and there because also. The first Humble Down album included a bonus track. Right. And this sort of feels like in that same in that vibe. Yeah. Yeah. This one, though, it's not like, um, you know, it's kind of lightweight as far as like, it's not going to stick with me tremendously, but like, no. I just can't deny that country like, burn, burn, ding, burn, ding, burn. I'm just so into it. Like from that opening riff, I'm just like, oh yeah, like this is, this feels dirty country to me. But the, the, here's the thing, though. Um, the chorus does nothing for me. Oh, really? I like it with the harmonies. So you're on board for this. Yeah, it has, because the vocals are a little blown out. Yeah, it's cool. I'm ready for something sure, sure. big. Yeah. It, I, it just I doesn't see that. It doesn't, doesn't get there. Give me click into the next gear. No, it doesn't click in. I think it does. In the for way me. the in the way of how so many of the choruses on the first album are yeah. just so perfect. I definitely agree with that. I think, I mean, I like it because the guitar comes in like double time and it kind of gets into that like Johnny Cash rhythm of the classic country. Like I was saying with like, like I'm just a sucker for that kind of rhythmic strum. Yeah. I don't think you're listening to anything I just said. No, you, I was, you were, yes, sorry. Um, I heard what you just said. Uh, the Johnny Cash rhythmic yeah. strum. Chicka, chicka, ching. Um, uh, Danny Stairs was just texting me. Of course so, I was. Because, of course, our dad, Jordan. Jordan. Under the stairs. <laughs> yep. Um, Bad news, bro. I took a gang of pills tonight. That steel guitar. My head Kings right. of Hollywood The sun was going up when we this were is, laying this down. This is 100% <laughs> like, 
before everything and after territory. You know, I saw somebody online say this record is just before everything and after, but with a country twist. Oh, no. And at first I was like, that's completely baseless. And then I was like, well, <laughs> like, I don't agree with it, but it's not without merit. <laughs> so. This song. This uh, is probably my number four, by the way. I love this song. What? <laughs> yeah. This is an outrage. Because <laughs> it's Kings of Hollywood. Can I tell you why? So come on That's why. Down, 150% because I'm a sucker for lap steel guitar. Like, without that, I wouldn't like the song. I like that I love, I love <laughs> the, the bass and the guitar doing the following each other. Yeah. Well, I like that part. But the, like... When he's like, I got pills, or whatever he says in the beginning, I'm like, oh boy. But then as soon as it's like, what was I just saying to you? Something about what we got it. It sounds so good. We'll feel better or worse. This is 100% better than Kings of Hollywood, though. Yes, certainly. There is. But I you mean, can see why that song was in my head because when we imagine the country version of it, it's basically this. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so here's here's the thing. I have said some negative things about Quit Your Life. I feel <laughs> like it was an abomination and the worst <laughs> thing they've ever recorded. Or something I, like that. I feel like I'm on record saying it is unequivocally the worst <laughs> yes. song that they ever recorded. <laughs> I think we said objectively. Objectively, it's the worst song. But <laughs> this is this might objectively be close. the worst. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think we collectively softened on Quit Your Life a bit in the months since this app. This song, however, listen, this is If this song were a little slower, it's pretty much the same. This is a tumble down song. Yes. Which is funny. Because at the time you were like, this is a, a pop country song. I, I said this long Burn. before. We were listening to Tumble Down. <laughs> long before. 100% this could easily transition to a Tumble Down song. And I would probably like it a thousand times better. <laughs> a million percent. Uh, a million percent. However, the lap steel guitar sounds incredible. We should say it's by uh, Todd Bean is performing it. Yes. Uh, formerly of the country punk band Lucero. And then he's currently in this band, Glossary, which I don't know, but I think they're more kind of a straight-ahead rock band. Um, anyway, I, I like the song. I understand why you wouldn't, but that laugh steel, it just no, sounds so here, Here's good. the thing. It's, I, it's not that I dislike the song. I don't think I dislike any tumble-down songs. Um, Agreed. It's like, I don't think I dislike any of them in a way that like I cringe with some MXPX yeah. songs. Kings of Hollywood, for example. Kings of Hollywood just, you know, boom. pulling boom boom. <laughs> boom boom. Boom boom. Boom boom. Um gotta get the get the snaps in there. Um but here, can I just for a second, I just want to point out in scrolling through my iTunes and then getting down into Tumble Down, I got Tom Waits and Tom Petty right Oof. there before Tumble Down. That's right. 
and make what some... a great trio. <sighs> oh God, <laughs> we we needed to do we need to do um, a Tom, Tom Waits, Waits a, a Tom Waits podcast. I am we can, so there for that. We can call it a we can call it Rain Pods. <laughs> Ooh, that's good. I was wondering what it was going to be. Uh, oh I love a... I love Tom Waits so much. We should know what we should do. We should go up to Minneapolis. And we should go and record it at Ninth and Hennepin. That'd be perfect. <laughs> do you know? Do you know? I play Ninth and Hennepin every time I drive in that neighborhood <laughs> because it's, it's it is the he is not only is Tom Waits just one of the the greatest singer songwriters alive today, Agreed. and maybe of uh, the past. Yeah. 50 years. I don't know. Yes, more. I don't know. He's just a genius. Yeah. Um, in our lifetime, at least, um, I feel confident saying he's the greatest singer songwriter in our lifetime. But uh, I just, he's. So my brother and I have had this conversation over Christmas that he just doesn't get Tom Waits. And I could see that. And like, I feel like that is a lot of people yeah, who are just sure. like, I don't get it. I think it. a lot of people can't get past the voice. No, but yeah. so I think the people who can't get past Tom Waits also can't get on board with Leonard Cohen. Yeah. And that is a bummer. Your loss. You are losing at life. <laughs> if you, if you can't listen to the poetry of, uh, of Leonard Cohen and yeah. Tom Waits, you are, your life is in deficit you, yes. because you just, you're losing. Um, <laughs> agreed. I should say there is an existing Tom Waits podcast called down in the hole, which mm. not a bad title, but, uh, it's no rain pods. Anyway, what are we <laughs> talking about? <laughs> <coughs> the sun was going up and we were laying down. <laughs> you know what? I just had an idea. Uh, Nickelback to... on top of Nickelback? Uh, we are doing... This on top of Kings of Hollywood? We're doing... Here's the thing. Wait for it. Oh, boy. No, this is, this is going to be a thing because... So what, what were we just saying? That just a little bit slower. Mm-hmm. And... You gonna slow it down? Hold on. Okay. Song. Best friends making music, we were feeling good. Wow. The top was always down, and the sun was always shining. <laughs> I think okay. we instantly improved that song. <laughs> I think at 0.75 speed, it's the ideal way to listen to Kings of Hollywood. I remember singing to the radio. <laughs> it's, it, <laughs> Sounds so bad. On the sunset strip, we were driving slow. The top was always down. The top was always down. Oh my god. Slowing it down accentuates 
how produced it sounds. Just listen to the voice. It's, it sounds rough. <coughs> oh, oh God. Let's get back to Empty Bottle. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah. What were, what were, we, what were, we're we talking about? We're about to do Drink to Forget, which is what I feel like we're doing now. Okay. <laughs> it's killing time. It's killing me. Um, what what does tears fall like wine mean? Hey man, sometimes the wine's just falling. I don't know. Fucking f- falling right out of your face. That's right. Just tears are falling right out of your face, bro. Oh man. Um, yeah, I don't know. I didn't think about it too hard. I guess you know you knock over a wine bottle and it just falls everywhere, and you're just crying, and it's one of those nights. Um, yeah, I like this one. It's pretty good. I don't have. Yeah. Super strong opinion, but I'm into it generally. Yep. Um, I am super into this next song. Yeah. A lot. It kind of almost is a top three contender. It is. I'm just sick. Yes, I had some drinks last night, but that just can't be someone Almost more than Great Big World. Yeah. This could be a top. This might be tied for four. It's a minute and 43 and it still has a goddamn solo. <laughs> <I know. laughs> so great. Yes, I had some drinks last <laughs> night. So I was thinking about this song last week uh-huh. after we had some whiskey, uh-huh. and then I went home, and then the next day <laughs> I was sick. <laughs> I think I asked you on my like, like you still feeling good? Like, no, yeah. but like, but it's the next day. That's but the next day, like, yeah. I legitimately was sick. Yeah, sorry, bud. And like, I had been sick all week. And I was thinking, it I'm wasn't not from the whiskey. like we. I right, was 100 percent right, right. yeah, not yeah. from the whiskey. I wasn't hungover. I did I, have some drinks. I, hell yes, I had However. some drinks with John, but I wasn't hungover. Yeah. I had a goddamn virus. As we mentioned, this feels a bit tossed off and bonus tracky. Like it's, it's clearly performed live and um, short. But I wish they kind of would have done a real version because it's so fun. But it's 
but it's, yeah, it's like this. No, but it's better because oh, it's, it's an actual better. song. Yeah, this is just a dude it's, playing the deliverance thing. <laughs> God, yeah, it's so good. It is really fun. Um, I'm not See, that's my vibe, baby. Yeah. The hell yes, I had some drinks last night. I kind of wish. See, and again, I feel like part of its charm is that it's not produced. It's just kind of raw sounding. Um, And I sort of wish they would have just done a little more polished version, but kept that rawness. I don't know, man. I don't know. Maybe it's good as it is. I think it might be good as it is. I don't, especially when the slow down at the end. I know. I know. That really kind of. At first, I was like, should this be in my top three? And then when they slowed it down, I was like, ooh, it might have to be. Uh, yeah. But then I was like, I don't know if I can make this one, but I might part, like it more than Dead Man Walking. I don't know. Part of me thought that this could be in your top yeah, three. Yeah, it might have been. Um, there were a lot of contenders. I actually thought about this myself, but and listening to it <coughs> compared to... Because I said this could be my top four, yeah. would be my or in, but but they're both so yeah, good really because fun. they both have that right, here we go. that. Yeah. I'm not right. I'm just... Yeah. Both good. Just yeah, yeah. Anyway. Well, the bottle has been emptied. Almost. Are we? The, the metaphorical bottle, at least. The, the <laughs> album. Uh, three hours. Here we are. We are getting there. We might have to yeah, cut up the movies thing a bit or something. Or whatever. Uh, no. Nope. Uh, <laughs> I am I am editing this on a Sunday. That's true. That's fair. Uh, well, then let's wrap it up. Yes. Um, if you would like to tell us your thoughts about mm-hmm. Empty Bottle, mm-hmm. follow us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook, and weigh in. Uh, you can also rate and review us uh, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Or you can leave us a voicemail at 872-762-4763, 872-7-MAG-POD. Can g- you can Gmail us at magnifiedpod at gmail.com. Or if you would like to support uh, this humble effort, you can do so over at patreon.com slash magnifiedpod. Uh, anything else we want to plug or um, say? Well, if you haven't gotten your tickets for the Chicago MXPX Five Iron Show, better do it. Get your shit together. It's like seventy five percent sold out, right? That's I what I saw. Something like is it? Yeah. That's okay. Um, by the time this comes out, you <laughs> could may be done. You could be donezo. But if you want to come hang with Magpod Nation and PX right. PX Nation. Mm-hmm. You better jump on it. We'll bring uh, sour candy, we'll bring, hot sauce. We'll bring the pod. We'll bring the the pod with mm-hmm. us. Yeah. What? The pod always is in our hearts wherever we go. <laughs> yeah, we'll bring um, the, we'll bring the the sour patch kids. We'll bring yeah, we'll bring we'll bring it all. Uh indeed. So do that, get those tickets mm-hmm. and then uh well, on the next episode we'll cover part 3 of Tumble Down when it'll be about time. <laughs> For some gambling <laughs> and a podcast at our house. And it wouldn't be the same without you. So join us, won't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
So I do feel super confident about this being my number two. Yeah. And you not your number one? No. I mean, in that, oh, it being that in, in my number three. Yeah. I Your top three, I mean. Yeah. In yeah. my top three. I've had whiskey. <laughs> it's a great song. Don't question don't question <laughs> me after this after this empty bottle. Nope.